0: on this episode of Geek Out Loud. My mic is super hot and we are celebrating 40 years of the Empire Strikes Back. You're going to hear things like Calrissian's main man, Rebel Defenses, the Freedom Fighters. It's Geek Out Loud! everyone and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out here on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson, glad to be along with you as we celebrate 40 years of The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm not going to do this by myself. I have before me a stack of tattered, ratty, old, vintage Empire Strikes Back trading cards that are going to help us along the way. We have the movie pulled up, ready to go along the way. And I have with me Shaz Bazaar. Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar.
1: Ooh, baby. Ooh,
0: baby. How's it Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, well, uh, well, you're welcome. No, thank you for being here.
2: Well, thank you for doing things for me this week.
0: Oh, man, it's fantastic. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, over at Techno Retro Dads, they're celebrating 40 years of Empire with yet another te- uh, Techno Retro Top 40s Top 10. And uh chock full of parody songs centered around the Empire Strikes Back. And there is a DJ doing it that did it three years ago. And uh, and maybe you'll enjoy it. So check out Techno Retro Dads this week. Uh, as I was happy to help Shaz Bazaar do that. Shaz is going to help us celebrate forty years of Empire, as well as. Well, he's the elected full-time commissioner of South Georgia Radio, the most listened-to man in the Golden Isles, Jay and all of South Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Reifen.
3: Meanwhile, back on Hoth. <laughs> <What's laughs>
0: Burr. <laughs> you
3: got me all excited with the intro there. I haven't well, heard that in a while.
0: Not since this morning, huh?
3: <laughs> no, no, not that intro. Your intro. Oh, well, oh, hey. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's been a while since you've been on the Geek Out Loud. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Until this week, it was been a while since I've done a Geek Out Loud.
3: Well, that was kind of more my point, actually.
0: Yeah, it was. um, It's we're doing it. We're we're doing Geek Out Loud old school, where it used to happen every six to eight weeks. So, (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like the
2: action figure you ordered with proofs of purchase. That's right. (laughs) It's going to come.
0: Well,
3: see, I had a bad experience with one of those. Shut up, from Kenner. Yeah. Yeah, oh, let's tell the story. Oh, yeah. No, this was this was heartbreaking. I got a story, too. OK, well, I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons. And of course, that's where you saw all the good Star Wars commercials. Right. Mm hmm. And that's right. And uh, so then the, the, the announcer comes on and he's, oh, now uh, introducing Bosk, the yes. secret action figure. And mail away four proofs of purchase to secret action figure, and you can get (laughs) Bosk. Well, I mailed away for Bosk. What'd you get? Well, I didn't say secret action figure, even though they said it was Bosk. Mm. And they returned it because they didn't know what Bosk was. And all I got was my envelope and my
2: proofs of purchase. Oh, come
0: on. Your
2: story is sadder than mine.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I had a friend. I had a friend that once it was all over, he sent in every proof of purchase he had left over. I mean, this is like this is like the tail end of Star Wars. There was no nothing going on. He just sent him into Kenner, and they sent him back like a couple of like of the little catalogs that would come in with the uh, with the chips and stuff, and a little R two D two figure and something else. He's like, I just sent all my proofs of purchase in because what else am I going to do with them? And to this day, uh, I wish I'd have done the same thing. Well, so Save
3: them? That's pretty cool. What's your story, Shaz? Uh,
2: my story. You remember the uh the the pack with the two backpacks plus the Yoda backpack and all the oh, different yeah, yeah. things? Yeah. I sent him for that. Never came. Never came. What? Never, Never came. Really? And then, uh I had a friend whose dad was a uh, uh a mailman. And uh, I, I was talking to him about when I said it never came. He said, Oh, man, we got tons of them. What? I was like, you, you have tons of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got tons of them. Dad brought a bunch of them home. Whoa. And then the next day he brought me like five different kits of them. Isn't and I'm the survival, thinking,
3: I believe they called them the survival kit, if I'm not Survival
2: understand. kit. Well, yeah. here's what I think happened he knew what it was. Uh huh. And he just took them all.
1: Wow! And, uh,
2: wow! Kind of to, the hush money was you told somebody. Oh, bring him these.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Pay yeah, you off. Well, um, that was just wrong. Well, guys, before we go much further, um, we have a, uh, we have a, um, a surprise walk-on that I did not know was coming. I just got the text that said, "Let me in," and uh, who am I to deny? Uh, Jimmy Mac anybody when they want oh, to Mark. come in. <laughs> I just <saw> Rebel <laughs> who am who am I to to spoil a surprise? Let me play his walk-on music and get him in here. Well <laughs> yeah, you know there you gotta think Wait wait a minute, what's going on here? Hold on the wrong that's the wrong walking music. Wrong music oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you know him as your host one of your hosts of your source for the force on rebel force radio he's an OG star wars fans like like the other guys we have in here and maybe you've seen him on me on what is it tv me on collectors me, call me TV. me tv it's jimmy mac what's going on jim geek out loud is going to make me rich I <laughs> the tenth <temp> caller <laughs> no i'm sorry that's not and that's not the phrase that pays
3: Yes. I want to point out that he is actually two thirds of the host of Rebel Force Radio by
0: height. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, very, yeah. very true. Poor Swank. Well,
4: actually, I am two th- I'm, I'm one third um, host if you count Puppet Lando as the
0: That's, that's right. That's right. That's
3: true. The Puppet that's Lando right. being the second tallest host
0: on Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I cannot deny that rumor. Mm, poor Swank. Poor Swank. Jimmy Mack, welcome to Geek Out Loud, my friend. Oh, it's so I'm so happy to be here. So I'm sitting here minding my own business, yeah. And I get this email.
4: It says, "Golliver's is live now." Mm-hmm. Geek out loud, celebrating Empire's fortieth. Yes. And I was like, "Oh my God, it's been forty years." Yes. And how come Steve doesn't ever call me and invite me on the show? So I decided <laughs> I
0: would book myself. Well, I don't. I don't want to be a bother, Jim. I, See, I that's hate what to. You
4: always say, but I yeah. need someone to crack the whip on me. Okay. i told you this before. We have. A Led Zeppelin show. I Rock Out Led. Yep. And uh, it's part of the Golaverse network and stuff. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm the one who has to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to booking the show and getting it to happen. I just need Steve to call
0: me and say, let's go. Welcome to being one of my co-hosts. I mean, just talk to Kristen or (laughs) Teresa or anybody, and they'll tell you, yeah, I got to get on Steve or he wouldn't do this stuff. Um, you are the leader of the Gollivers?
4: Yeah. We wait for you well, to issue the proclamation. I, we wait for you to light up the uh what do they call those uh burning towers on Lord of the Rings? We need you with a match. What do they those what, what do they
0: call those, do, by the way? Do, do they, what? they use a match? They use a torch. <laughs> what do they what do they call what do they call those things on Lord of the Rings, everybody? What are they? The fires of Gondor? No, that's not right. No, 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 no. Uh, uh Blamers.
2: Relay
4: towers? Well, that's it's, what they call them at a concert. It's not a signal, mm. is it? No, I can't think of what it is now. Or are we doing video? I see Shaz.
0: Shaz likes to go video doing, all the time.
4: It's because I got Empire coming on the TV here in a minute.
0: See, are he's we doing a, a, he's a bandwidth they're, hog. They're, they're the beacons. They just like the beacons.
2: They're the beacons.
0: That's he's a, got a globe back there behind him.
2: I, yeah, I got a globe right about the What is that tree.
4: supposed to what is that supposed to mean? That you're some sort of like scholarly guy? Or yes something? you know what kind of
2: globes <laughs> I have in my house? I, it me. was either that or Luke Skywalker. Um I I uh I uh I got uh episodes four, five, and six up there on the shelf as an Easter egg for people on Sunday, so
3: Oh nice. I see. That's, That's all
2: right.
4: Are are you doing um uh, uh, some sort of uh, virtual uh thing from your house? Yeah, we've been doing
2: We've been doing uh, lessons and live streaming um, for the past couple of months. Now that we're back in the building, we're keeping it going. But uh, I got a little studio set up in my – it used to be called The Study. Now it's called The Sissa Studio.
4: You know what I like about you guys, you and Steve? is that uh, you guys are both uh, Star Wars fans who wear your faith on your sleeves. And uh, I really like that. I I just uh, wrapped up a conversation with James Arnold Taylor and Catherine Mm -hmm. Tabor on Rebel Force Radio. We just released the show uh, just like an hour ago or something. Oh, wow. And wait a second. No, we haven't released the show yet. (laughs) I got to get to work. No, it comes out tomorrow, actually. (laughs) So there's a little tease. You know what? This whole week I've been working one day ahead. Nice. And, uh, that's usually very frustrating when you're, uh, working nine to five and, you know, fighting the rush hour commutes and all that, but at home every day's pretty much a Friday now. You know? <laughs> so yeah, this whole week I've been, um, thinking I'm a, a day ahead. So I was just about ready to freak out that we didn't release our show yet. We did put it up on Patreon. So I was talking to James and Catherine and they're very open about their, uh, the, they call uh, you know the, Catherine um, very aptly put it you know we're, we're believers mm-hmm. and uh, they they feel very strong about their faith and while we were talking about that on the show I thought back to uh, the uh, service that you promoted right. Steve Star Wars celebration yep mm-hmm. and I, I believe it was our friend Craig Batts gave. Uh, the service and you were there, Steve and James Arnold Taylor was there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something I'd really like to see return to a future Star Wars
0: celebration because uh, I just I couldn't make it to that one service. Right. Well, and you guys, That was that was when you guys were super busy. Yeah, that was um, a friend of the show, Greg Fields, actually reached out to me and we began to put that together. I think Craig helped us out a little bit and by that point I had a relationship with James and, and asked James to be a part of it. And he, and he came and spoke for five or 10 minutes. And then we had a group, a local group from a church in Orlando come and lead music. And, and it was, it was a cool day. It was a cool Sunday morning It's celebration six, I believe is when that was, um, down in Orlando. And I know they've done uh one or two more since then. I just haven't been around to be a part of them, unfortunately. So, um, so the way we're gonna do this guys is I have Disney Plus pulled up and uh and, and the sound pulled down and I've got it zeroed out on the Empire Strikes Back. We're not doing a commentary per se. I'm just gonna have the movie going and we're gonna I think Shaz is gonna have it going. If you guys wanna get it going, you can. And um and we're gonna talk about the Empire Strikes Back as as it plays, and then if we see something that's worth kind of commenting on, which the whole thing yeah. is, we'll we'll comment. But uh we're not gonna do a hey. commentary per se.
3: Steve. But, yes. Let me ask you something. At the next Star Wars celebration, I understand the religious ceremonies. They're going to have a laying on of hands. Mm. A lot of the laying on of
0: hands is going to be in charge of that. Is that true, oh, God. Scott? This is Geek Out Loud. We don't do that stuff on Geek Out Loud. No. Now, now, right. now, right. I have to edit. Now, I have to edit, and you know, I hate to edit. You know, I hate to edit.
4: Oh my God! Just hearing the name, guys, I might have to. The just ask
0: podcast. Scott, don't we are oh, wow. celebrating the Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> yes, and yes, and we right, don't yes. want to bring it down. So I am right now looking at the vintage. That's okay, my hands
2: are dirty too.
0: I am. Mm, <laughs> good. I'm right now looking at the vintage Empire Strikes Back tops trading card IG88 and Boba Fett. It's card number seventy five of the set. My name is written on the back in my mother's handwriting. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's because that,
4: uh, that was the ig rookie card. Yeah, and that's a
0: lot oh, of I, money. Now. I've got tons of these in much better shape than this, my friend. This is just, good. these are the cards that I, as a little boy, carried around with me everywhere I went and would just thumb through all the time. I love thumbing through these things. And this was one of my favorites back in the day because these characters were so mysterious. And it's, let
3: me, let me ask you something, see? Yeah. What was it about the – because, like, I couldn't do cards. I had to have a story. My thing was the Marvel Comics because they they told the story. If I just looked at a picture, it just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. What what was it about doing that?
0: Uh, Well, I was three years old when Empire Strikes Back (laughs) came out. (laughs) So you're talking about four-year-old, five-year-old Steve with these cards, and they were cheaper when you went into the store. It was cheaper for my parents to buy cards, a pack of trading cards, than it was – to buy an action figure, and so mm-hmm. they would buy the cards, and I and I guess somehow I knew my numbers because I would put these things, and I remember distinctly a lot of times just put sitting there and putting them in order and taking them out of order, and I just love to look at all the pictures, and 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 it and it walks you through the story once you have it in order, you know, yep. and yep. um and so and 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 you see things that it it really is like reliving the movie because there was no. VHS copy you didn't the movie didn't come to home video six month that six months after it was in the theaters you know right. it you you this was the way I did it and it's real live-action shots and stuff so
3: it it barely got to you in six months right I mean one of the things I got to talk about is that I didn't see it it didn't come to Brunswick Georgia till June 4th.
0: Well hold that thought and let's get started here. I'm at zero yeah. I'm zeroed out on the Empire Strikes Back and I'm gonna go three, two, one, play. On play, click play. So three, two, one, play. And we're rolling here on uh, with the twentieth century Fox logo and everything coming up. So Scott, le- that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about because I was three years old in nineteen eighty. You guys were, were grown ups. Yeah. And um, so Scott was, at least. And so, Scott, you mentioned it didn't come to Brunswick until June. No, no. we and, and
3: I didn't know when it was coming. I mean, I read in Starlog it was coming out in May, but I didn't really believe it because it wasn't at the theater here. Uh, in fact, it came out on a Wednesday here, the day after school got out. The last day of school was the third, and the next day was 11 o'clock in the morning. We were going to be at the Empire Strikes Back at the Altama Village Triple Cinema.
0: Is that the one that was over behind the McDonald's? Uh, that is the one that
3: was over. No, no, no. That's Lanier. Okay. That's Lanier. Altama Village is the one on Altama, oddly oh, enough. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, that was a good
0: theater. I never, I never went to <laughs> yeah, that was, one. Well, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, interestingly enough to me, I wasn't being a smart aleck. I grew up down there around Brunswick where Scott's at. And so I, I saw many formative uh, movies. In, in Brunswick, Georgia, Batman in 89, Who Framed mm. Roger Rabbit, others in 88. Yeah. So, um, so Scott, you were how old? You were what? I was 18. Oh, nine. Okay. Yeah. No, so. <laughs> I
3: was nine. They gave us, when you walked in the door, everybody who came in got this, this gorgeous Boris Vallejo poster, uh, with Darth Vader with the two sabers crossed at the top. Oh, wow. And, uh, everybody got one out by the end of the movie. Nobody had one left hardly because sure. every time Vader was on the screen, they'd start throwing them at him.
0: Nice. Wow. Oh. Wow. Now as, oh. as a nine, as nine year old Scott, did mm-hmm. you think, did you come out thinking, wow, what a dark, depressing film? No,
3: I thought it was funny. I thought it was the funniest of all the movies. I mean, it, no, I, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that it was dark. I was ready for the next one, you know, because it was the big cliffhanger. Right. Oh, let me tell you something really quick about those posters. Yes. Uh, about, about 15, 20 years ago, they closed that theater down. And when they did, I happen to know the people who were working there, and they found a box Shut of up. those posters unopened Shut in up. the upstairs.
0: Shut up. No. What'd they do with them? No. Uh, they gave me five or six of them. And now they're all... They their Star Wars friends. And now they're all destroyed in your storage facility. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen that
3: thing. I know what's going on there. It's it's much better than it was the last time you saw it, I promise.
0: So now now Jim, I've I've heard you talk several times about the Empire Strikes Back. We know that you were a big fan of Peter Benchley's The Deep before you were ever a fan of Star Wars. <laughs> yes he was. Yes he was. <laughs> and and so – but uh, but I also know that you've talked about that you had read the novelization of Empire before you saw the movie.
4: Yes, you know. I did. I, I was so thrilled to to pick it up. I, I remember the day. I remember going into the Walden books and seeing it there and just being so excited to see it on the shelves and grabbing it and flipping through it. And the first thing I did was I flipped through the back to see mm-hmm. if the rumored reveal – that uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Uh, Wait good- a minute!
0: Where was that rumor coming you from? You heard Jim?
4: that? Yeah, yeah. We had heard that on the uh, on the uh, gr- playgrounds and uh, baseball diamonds around uh, the Chicago area. Yeah, I, wow. I definitely was aware
3: of that. Wow. You had a better street committee than we had. Yeah.
0: How did that rumor get started? Where I mean, I don't understand why. What? Tell you. Is a guy named Brian Schaefer
4: who was in the sixth grade with me. Yeah. He sometimes, see, somehow he had the inside scoop. See, Brian had a loose lipped old older brother who somehow was very connected to all things, pop culture. And so pretty much my ch- entire childhood was spoiled by Brian. and But yeah, I remember standing there in that bookstore. I mean, God, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And reading that novel and you know flipping through it and then asking my mom if if I can buy it and mm-hmm. uh, she she purchased it for me and I I recall reading it on my way to Little League games and I just couldn't put it down. So when I walked into the film Everything was very obvious to me. I even took it one step further, as far as spoiling myself. The Scholastic Empire Strikes Back storybook yes, was on the shelves, and I found it at a Crown Bookstore. Remember Crown Books? And I, I found it there and um, purchased it right away. And I just remember seeing the carbon freezing platform for the first time and seeing Han frozen in carbonite because I could only just picture it in my mind up till that point and so when i finally saw the imagery it was vastly different than i thought it would be and my mind was just blown away i thought han was like they were in some sort of sterile white environment not unlike uh kylo ren's quarters that we see in mm. uh in the um the rise of skywalker right. steve just sent me a text of him actually holding the Empire Strikes Back storybook. Apparently, you have that. It is
0: handy uh, by your side at all times, Steve. I have it. I have a shelf. I have a shelf in front of me of what I call reference material. It's Rensler's making of books. It's absolutely mm-hmm. everything you need to know books. It's the ultimate books of ultimate Star Wars, Marvel, all the different things that'll fit up here. And on here are the Scholastic storybooks of. Um, Empire Jedi and the Star Wars one. The Star Wars one is paperback This book, Jim, mm-hmm. as a kid I read over and over again so much That we mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. took it to my school library And the mm-hmm. librarian did some work To fix the spine I see, come, that. Oh, wow. come loose. I see that yeah.
4: You had to have some work done there Yeah. Ah.
3: Now, now Jim, Jim Where were you when all this happened? Because I'm just trying to figure out market size here What? How big a town were you in?
4: Oh, I was in the suburbs of Chicago So, Okay, you were there to, Okay Pretty big, you know, I was in the northern suburbs. That's okay, I, grew we, up.
3: I we couldn't find any of that stuff. And mine, my, you know, I got it spoiled for me too. Mine was the super special, but I didn't get it till the night before. The yeah. the super you know, special. I had all that material.
4: And I walked into Empire very, very spoiled. Well, Jim, yeah. but there was one thing mm-hmm. that was a total shock and surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Does even want to guess what that could possibly be?
0: Well, I know what it is. I know it what it is from too. listening to you. When Luke got his hand cut off, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've
4: told this story before. But like in the book it doesn't really to me it didn't really say Luke's hand was removed from his arm. It just <laughs> no. it seemed like he just took a wound from Vader's saber. Yeah. But when I saw that hand fly yeah. off holding
3: his saber, I was just like, "Oh my god, I don't believe it." And the so, super special he says Vader slashes Luke's sword arm and you see the saber fly off and the hand's not there. You don't see the hand go off and you never see an actual shot in the comic of the hand dislocated from his body. No, you So don't. yeah, mm. that totally freaked 9-year-old me out too.
4: So I wonder if that, you know, dismemberment was actually part of the shooting, well, it obviously was because it was a practical effect. Yeah. I've seen I, them shooting it. I, and they did a brilliant job with it because you see some freeze frames and you see the hand clinching the saber with the fingernails and everything. And it's just, it marks like, ah, it's just perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, here's, the, here's the actual passage from the novelization, of The Empire Strikes Back. Guys, I came prepared tonight. Um, <laughs> an instant of distraction was all Vader needed. As the instrument panel floated away, Luke involuntarily glanced at it. At that second, the Dark Lord's laser blade came slashing down across Luke's hand, cutting it and sending the youth's lightsaber flying. But not cutting it off. Not cutting it off. The pain was excruciating. Luke smelled the terrible odor of his own seared flesh and squeezed his forearm beneath his armpit to try to stop the agony. So, yeah, well, it doesn't so say guess, it cut um, off. You're exactly right. Wow. And at
4: that time, we had never seen a lightsaber inflict that kind of wound. Well. So I think maybe yeah. to
0: a day, you know, what's that? Walrus Man had his arm cut off. Yeah, he did. Oh, you're darn right. I am. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, was, it, but it was
2: bloody uh, and, yeah. I thought a killing blow by the with a lightsaber would just make you disappear.
0: Right, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Shaz, how old were you in 1980 when this came out?
2: Seven when it came
0: out. You were seven. Do you remember going to see it? Oh yeah. Oh what yeah. Was, now, a... what was your experience? You lived in Kentucky at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there was no McDonald's in front of our theater either. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> are you Are you familiar with it? No, no, not at all. With... No, no. I didn't grow up in Kentucky.
2: No. Yeah. Uh, well, back at our theater, you could you could come in with a bag of popcorn. And your own drink. So mom would pack us a bag with popcorn and an apple and a Big K cola or, you know, some flavor of Big K in the uh, bottom of the bag. But uh, my brother and sister and I were all dropped off. And and we go in there and, and, you know, after the crawl, you see these, you hear those probes coming through the uh, sound. Mm -hmm. And you hear them come from behind you and go in front of you. And that blew my mind. Wow. Uh, I don't remember Star Wars like that because Star Wars I saw at the drive-in with one little inky dinky speaker surround sound. Surround sound was in, but then here go here's this guy getting on his radio, and I'm like, "Who is that?" My brother says, "That's Luke Skywalker." I said, "That's not Luke Skywalker. He looks totally different. No He's short rope. No,
0: no rope. short. No <laughs> short.
2: His nose is different. His nose is his very nose different.
0: is different. His whole face <laughs> seems to have been reconstructed."
2: And, and, you know, I'm watching it here, and, and I was like, you know, he kind of looks a little like Swank, doesn't he, on that Tauntaun? <laughs> um, but, but, oh, man, this was it. Because Star Wars, I don't know if I saw it a second time before Empire. When did it come out on HBO or Spotlight? Or, HBO or, was
3: February 1st. Empire. February 1st, 1983 was Star Wars on HBO. You're welcome. See, wow. I,
2: I figured someone would have the information, so I
3: don't think actually, I had seen it since. Actually, have the, the HBO book
2: still. <laughs> nice. <Is> that the <laughs> did, one did,
4: where they you hit? got CBS prior to
0: that, maybe a year. Before. No, the next year. Oh, the next yeah. year. I thought it was like for the five-year anniversary when it debuted on CBS. I, I'm going to contest that, but I think you're right, Scott, because at the end of that, they did a, a behind-the-scenes special and showed some footage from Return of the Jedi. So it would have been Oh, Okay.
2: It was after Jedi. It, it was after Jedi, but it uh, when it was on CBS, I found out the next day. I missed it, and so I was, you know, all frustrated.
0: We recorded but, that mess. Uh, that was that was uh, that that was appointment television at my house when Star Wars came on CBS, and it was a oh, big. Yeah. It was a big deal. You know, I talked to you mentioned James earlier, Jim. I talked to James about this because of there was a whole series of like. Um, uh, bumpers between commercials and stuff where they'd have actual celebrities talking about their experience mm-hmm. with Star Wars and one of them was literally the Flintstones talking about Star Wars.
4: <laughs> I heard something about this. Yeah. Uh, you know what
0: that that yeah. clip
4: may have recently shown up on YouTube or something because I something is ringing a bell with you bringing that up.
0: Yeah, and so Barney, you like the
3: Tauntauns? We don't have many of those around here in bedrock.
0: No, it, it was a thing. It was a thing. two-back looks familiar, doesn't it, Barney? Bon? I think you used to own one of those <laughs> as a child. Hey, Vaughn, bon. Yeah, someone actually sent me a whole reel of all of those different bumpers and stuff after I talked to James about it. They're like, look at this. Um, look. So, so, yeah, the neat stuff. But anyhow... Um, Jim, you mentioned earlier you were talking about seeing Han with all the white, and you thought he was in some kind of sterile background. Are you referring to Cloud City or or Hoth? No,
4: no, no. You know, it was just mind. It was like, yeah, the picture I painted in my mind while reading the novelization. Oh, for the carbon freezing chamber. Yeah, yeah. So I was really surprised to see what it looked like in the Scholastic book. Yeah.
0: Well, I think you you started talking that, and I'm like, well, you know, a lot of Cloud City. Did kind of look like sterile and white, and all, and so that's why the carbon freezing chamber was such a unique juxtaposition to everything we'd seen to that point. And this is of course mm-hmm. pre special edition. Now in the special editions, you know, it's much more open, and they've they've put windows in there, and they've done they've done amazing things with the lighting to make it seem like it was always that opened up. Um, they totally remodeled the house. It was just
2: fabulous.
0: <laughs> it was. It really was. It was. It was an interesting thing. But I mean, you guys remember how it was back then, though. Yeah. You know I mean oh, just, yeah. just stark white across the board until you go into the carbon freeze chamber and then all that orange and black and stuff. So um Obi-Wan Kenobi as a ghost. We'd heard his voice in Star Wars. What was what was your response, Scott, to to seeing ghostly Ben Kenobi? Uh,
3: you know, that's the thing I had just seen the night before in the comic book. Okay, so, all right. I, you know, but it, it wasn't unexpected other than The only thing was, obviously, you you heard Obi-Wan's voice in in the first film. And then I read the comics. So the comics were my Star Wars until Empire Strikes Back came out. And there were no ghosts. There was no Obi-Wan. That was kind of a, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to reintroduce this. But they wouldn't let them do it, I guess, in Marvel. So it it was different. It was a surprise, I guess. But, uh, you know, that didn't really make me go nuts. Right.
0: Okay. Well, now, yeah. Well, Scott, you were spoiled. Jim, you were spoiled. Shaz, were you spoiled going into this movie? Uh, I had been in
2: the—because uh, we didn't see it opening weekend. We got dropped off sometime in the summer in the middle of the day. Right. Um, but I had been in the grocery store, and I saw pictures of Yoda on Starlog mm-hmm. or or something like that. And and uh, I was like, well, well, that's Yoda. That's Yoda. And then when I'm watching the movie, and we're introduced to Yoda, and he's like, oh, you're looking for Yoda. I was like, oh, that's not Yoda? <laughs> and and so totally I was spoiled and then unspoiled because he was acting like some little weird guy not a Jedi master.
0: Shaz you were like my wife Haley when we watched the the series finale of Clone Wars and then because we've been watching through Rebels we turned around and watched the season finale of season 1 of Rebels. And and I had convinced her so much that Ahsoka was nowhere to be found after Clone Wars that when Ahsoka comes climbing down that ladder, she did not have a have a moment of surprise. She was confused. She's like, Well, I trusted you. I didn't think you would lie to me about something like this. <laughs> I'm like, You're supposed to be surprised and happy that it's Ahsoka. Well, I'm just confused because why would you tell me she wasn't in this? <laughs> did it what well, you you'd be surprised? Jim, did it mess up? It, did it mess up the experience for you as you went in to see the movie to be spoiled on on like the biggest reveal of all time? Yes.
4: Okay. Yes, it did, and because I remember it, as a twelve year old making the bold statement, I will never ever let myself be spoiled like that again. I just <laughs> uh, felt like I had missed out on part of the experience because mm. everyone was just buzzing about the I am your father reveal, and I was just like. Yeah, that's old news. Where have you guys been? Wait. You know, And then I realized, <laughs> hey, you know what? You're pacing yourself a little bit ahead of the pack. You, you need to pull back. Yeah.
0: You, were, you were that guy. You were like, hey, guys, I, I totally knew this. Yeah. Um,
3: now, you you said you'll never be spoiled again. Did you do it again three years later?
4: Three years? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely oh, not. No, no, I was see, very careful. But you know what? See, the, I, I did, did again. Again, again, again. Brian freaking Schaefer. Oh, Schaefer. Schaefer! Schaefer! Man, I'll never forget this kid. He goes, my brother read the comic book for Return of the Jedi. And I was like, shut your mouth, fool. And, he says, <laughs> and, and then he says, what did you say to me? He, he uh, revealed, he goes, "He goes, Darth Vader definitely is Luke Skywalker's father. And I said, shut your mouth, fool. And Because a lot of us... Thought that Vader was pulling Luke's chain. Mm-hmm. We didn't think that yeah. he could really be Luke's father. No. That just didn't. No. I mean, you know. He's he the bad
3: guy. They lie.
4: Right, three, right.
2: Three years of arguing about this, or not arguing, debating this with my next door neighbor. He kills we would, people. He probably smokes.
4: I mean, he's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. It's kind of funny because when Jedi came out, I was a little older. And I had graduated from uh, eighth grade and was going into high school. And I was uh, sort of uh, feeling like I was outgrowing Star Wars at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad it came back into my life. But at that point in time, I felt like I was moving on and that Star Wars was part of my childhood. And and I was ready then to, you know, start being a young adult. And I actually did not go see Return of the Jedi opening night. I saw it a few days oh. later. And Matt Dwyer, that little S-O-B, <laughs> Dwyer. I told him. I told him. I said, because I was, I was walking. I, I remember this. I had just left a video arcade, and I was walking through this cornfield as a shortcut to get home. And I was with Billy Mack and his buddy Matt Dwyer. And those two had seen Return of the Jedi the night before. Mm. And I was going that night. And so they start talking about it. I was like, shut up, fool. And <laughs> up. and Billy says, no, 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 don't say nothing. He hasn't seen it yet. And he goes, oh, I won't say anything. I won't say anything, I promise. And and like 15 seconds later, he's like, yeah, and when Leia killed Jabba, I was like, mm. what? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, why? Why? And so, you know, it, it's just been, I, I've just been torturing myself as a fan ever since that day. And I did promise myself never to spoil film. And I, I did a pretty good job for the prequels. Although I think with revenge of the Sith, I think I went into that a little more spoiled than the other two. And with the rise of Skywalker, I went into a little more spoiled than mm-hmm. the previous two.
3: With, uh, you now you're a big action figure collector. You're big in the three and three quarters for yes. as long as they last. Yeah. And, uh, uh, what was the first Empire action figure you got? Boba Fett. I, well, I did okay, Yeah, sure. Okay, but I mean, when the line came out, Bosk.
0: Bosk was the second male away.
3: He was the secret action figure. <laughs> that's
0: the yeah, one. Was, that's yes, the one the Scott secret. failed. Yeah, that's the one Scott yeah, failed before you came on. Scott was telling us how he failed at getting that.
4: Yeah, I did. Oh my God! The secret action figure was that so exciting. <laughs> I was just explaining this to my wife um, the other day about. The, saving the proof of purchases yes. and sending them yeah. in and then waiting for the what well, what was the wait like 14 to 20 weeks you'll get that <laughs> <laughs> next year sometime it's it's much different from the days uh, we're living in now with the amazon trucks driving up and down the street but uh you know when you got to that window the 14 to 20 week window you went to that mailbox Every single day. Yes. Oh, man. And you were convinced today is the day I'm going to get that action figure. Today <laughs> is the day. And then when it finally did show up and it was just in a plain white box and mm-hmm. poly bagged action figure, nothing was more thrilling to me in my life than that moment getting that Boba Fett action figure. And then I replayed the, the experience again with the mystery action figure Boss, with mm-hmm. the uh, survival kit. Me and Billy Mac ordered a ton of those survival kits. That's the only mail-away where you send in the proof of purchases that me and Bill were really on top of. We must have ordered five, six of those survival
0: kits. Wow.
4: So. <laughs> but then a few of them slipped through the cracks. The the the, the stand that the, the came the with the house
3: house twelve connect. No, I didn't get that one. No, the 12 the 12 the stand with the 12. Oh, the first the swerving yet. bases. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The round yeah. bases that were on
4: it. Yeah. Yeah, I I we blew that off and yeah. uh, for years and years I wanted it and I finally picked one up at uh the Kane County Toy Fair last year and I was It's a worth it, isn't mad. it? But the, the Ls, I don't have the Ls. Yeah, I got those
2: uh, during empire
4: but I have enough survival kits to uh, survive many times over. <laughs> you know, in case I need that asteroid gas mask or yep. oh uh, yeah, a backpack that Yoda fits in perfectly. I got
0: those. You know what? Yep. I was a grown up before I realized that Yoda was supposed to fit in that backpack. And I'm oh like, no! Really? Oh. Yeah, I never put Yoda in that backpack. I never put him on Luke's back in that backpack. I feel like a fool. Oh. Yeah, That's like a fool. A big fail. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: See, that's the thing about being three when Empire comes out. You just you just <laughs> kind of miss that. Well, I mean, but, you know, you're talking you're talking about all these spoilers, and and even though the some of the big spoilers are there and, and, and they're they're ruined for you if you saw them. There's so many other things in Empire that were just so much different from Star Wars. You've got that huge star destroyer that was just on the screen a couple of minutes ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That blew my mind. Uh, the whole well, concept that there's an ice planet was just out there. The Adats, I'm sorry, AT-ATs.
0: No, no, no you're no, good. No, the no, first no. One. Adat, yeah. They, they were huge. Well, the
3: reveal. You go back to the the executor. the The reveal on that was amazing because it's it's kind of a a play on the first scene of the first film, where yeah, you know, you get that starter story passing overhead that goes for eight eight or nine years. Before it finally gets there. And then they show those things. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember that thing. It's massive. And then something overshadows it. Yes. And you go, what the heck? Something's overshadowing that. And then they pull back. and It's overshadowing a ton of these things. Uh-huh. And then,
4: you did that scene.
3: Yeah. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah. It's executor, huh? Not the executor? Yeah, no, it's, it's executor. executor.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, executor. Um, it's, Now, not on the book and record. Now, the book and record clearly says, aboard the executor. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: Cannon, Cannon. <laughs> stamp it, done. The I'd I miss this when we were when we were talk when we were waxing mem with our memories and everything waxing elegant with memories. But there's the moment when um, they see the little shield generator on the screen on the de- on the star destroyer, and Vader says, "That's it. The rebels are there." And Admiral Oswald's like, "My lord, there's so many." And then he says, "That's it." And then when he turns around, like General Veers, and Veers is like right there in his face. Yeah, I always expect Veers to be like, "Hey, back off, kid." Um, (laughs) Now
2: Veers is is, uh, does not want to disappoint. No, not at all. Not at all.
0: Um. So, so, the the spoiler deal, Scott. It it did not lessen it for you. You're just like consuming whatever. Okay. No, I was great with it. Yeah. Um. Now, so. Shaz, you mentioned this being like, you know, there were so many things that weren't like the original Star Wars and everything. My question is, before 1980, um, what sequels had there really been? Obviously, the Planet of the Apes had generated a ton of sequels back in the 60s. Sure. But what was, I mean, outside of like old serialized films from way back in the day, what, I mean, what was the extent of sequels at this point?
3: French Connection 2.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers sequels to Star Wars,
0: yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying uh, theatrically, like you know, I guess Rocky two wouldn't come out well, until seventy nine. Yeah, yeah,
3: but but remember also. The, the movie theaters kind of had a rule it was kind of a two thirds rule that they never anticipated the sequel would make more than two thirds what the original film was so they went at it with a lower budget and a little less effort every time and that's and you really see that in those Planet of the apes movies as they get to the fifth one i mean it's just like it's bare bones and you know they're they're sticking Paul Williams in a Ake suit and it's right. just awful, yeah. but yeah. I guess that but,
4: was a, that was a good a, a example of a franchise. For me, going into Empire Strikes Back, I was nervous because there were a lot of sequels in the seventies, and they all had the Roman numeral two, Roman numeral two <laughs> after it. So, like, you had Jaws two. Okay, yes. it, it was terrible. You had the the big one that I was really nervous about. Uh, it came out a year before Empire Strikes Back, and it really sort of set the table for like. The um, at that time the contemporary standards for a sequel and that would be Smokey and the Bandit Two. Yes, oh, wow. yes. Sequels of, of all time, and I was just like, oh my god, they made Smokey and the Bandit Two. It was so terrible. Star Wars Two is going to be awful. I can't, I can't. Like Wars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Two was terrible. The only now Jim. The only sequel that was good was uh,
0: the Godfather. Godfather Two. That's right. That I guess it. Godfather Two had come out at that point, hadn't it? Godfather II.
3: But honestly, I kind of prefer Rocky Two to Rocky One. I. I know it's probably not popular, but now that's the
4: Rocky Two. the The Rocky trilogy is is something that definitely is outside mm. of the box as far as yeah. sequels actually having merit to them. But for the most part, these film companies would have small six. You know, some you know a measurable success with the original film yeah. and they would fire up the sequel, just add the number, the Roman numeral two. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it, it
3: was usually just mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, especially yeah. Jaws films, you yeah. know, you smaller budget, less effort. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> well, and that's the thing is like, I know, I like I, Jim, I disagree with you on Jaws two being terrible. It, when those kids are d- bobbing up and down on that swing in the water and you know, that sharks out there about to eat their legs. It's just scary. Um but now that's the one I saw
4: in the drive in was
0: Jaws 2. Oh,
4: but I, and, uh, I even at my age, at <laughs> my young age, I
0: was like, ah, this sucks. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> it hey, it could have been worse, it could have been Jaws 3D. Um but that no, I'm I was really I thinking was like like it seems like the Empire also just as with everything that happened with Star Wars, like like Empire seems to have pushed the medium forward as far as like, hey, we can make a sequel and continue a story and yep. actually do yep. something quality in what comes next. Now, not everyone did that. You know, not every franchise did that. Superman 2 would come out this same year. And I think it's a superior movie to Superman the movie. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I, <laughs> I listen, I'm sorry. It for for little Steve when yeah. him when him fighting the three villains and everything, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. that's good stuff. But in the overall,
3: I mean, you can't you can't beat oh, that
0: first Look, no. listen. I understand the error of my ways as a grown up, but there's still it has a very special place mark. But then you get to Superman three, yeah. and it's off the rails. Yeah, it's um,
4: yeah. And- that's your more typical, stereotypical, I should say, sequel. sequel, sequel of but the, now, the but era. also, and, yeah. and
3: really, had they made Batman earlier than they did, yeah. it would have been basically like Superman three. Oh. It would have been Eddie Murphy and Bill Murray as Batman and Robin. I'd
0: see that. <laughs> I'd go see that movie today. <laughs> um but, but uh but no like I I just I, I Star Wars and Empire, especially here since we're talking about Empire, like to me, just looking back and not really being cognizant of all of the stuff that you know when it comes all the baggage that sequels carry with it and everything. And it's so funny to me to watch uh old Clips from back in nineteen eighty, or or to watch uh, or to read, like where people post stuff they found, like from newspapers and stuff, where they call it Star Wars two, and I'm like, mm-hmm. they have yeah. no, they have no well, idea. Um, mm-hmm. And now, well, the, I don't know that Lucas knew. I mean, the, remember that the production
3: company they formed to produce the movie was called Chapter Two Productions.
1: Hmm. It
3: wasn't called Episode
0: Five Productions. It was called Chapter Two
3: Productions, right? Huh.
0: Well but didn't hadn't they put episode 4 on the crawl already for the during one of the re-releases no. of No.
4: When when Empire came out it said episode 5 and everyone yeah. was like
3: what? Yeah, and that wasn't, you know, Jim had the novel first, I had the super special first. It's not in those. Mm. Right. Oh wow. I so was that- it the
2: 82 re-release that they put 4
4: on? Yeah, or 81 I think. It was the summer after Empire oh, came wow. out. Oh yeah. wow.
0: I thought okay. I thought he'd gone back and done that like for the year release or
4: well, one no. I mean, You might be, you might be uh, right about that. Uh, no, not, I mean, you
0: guys, you guys know more than I do when it comes to that kind of those those details and stuff. I'm just telling you what I had I kind of remember. thought. Let us Google it. When did Lucas? <laughs> it was 81. It was. I'm looking it, at it right it, now. 81. Yeah, It was there. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. And so that would also then. That's when. That's the first time you also would get a new hope. Then would be in in 81. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The other was just star Wars and the crawl and let's go about our business. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: Now, apparently, um, and I don't recall this, but I just looked it up. The texts episode five and a new hope were first published on a title page for the film script in the 1979 book, the art of star Wars. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So the original art of star Wars book, Apparently includes episode four and A New Hope at at in some place. Do you have that on your reference
0: shelf? I don't. I don't have any of the Art of books on my reference shelf, unfortunately. See, I've got all that, but it's downstairs. Remember, I had to switch rooms because of my internet connection. Yeah, uh, and Scott,
3: we thank you for your sacrifice. Um, (laughs) It's, It's it's I feel kind of naked because none of my reference books are here. I'm in the whole wrong house.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh can we talk about ad for a minute? Shaz, you Please, you, yeah. in, you introduced into the discussion a moment a moment ago ATAT. Jimmy, where do you stand? Ad ATAT? Adat. Okay, thank god. At
4: this point, when I was younger I said ATAT because that's what they said really?
0: in the like,
3: commercials. No they to it as an ATAT. I disagree on that. Uh oh. I think they well, because when I was a kid, I was an at kid, but I, I was stubborn because it was all caps. But it seems like I was in defiance of the commercial. I thought
2: the commercial said
3: at but I don't know. Yeah, if I, I was, was pretty said, sure the commercial said at New. No, it might have been two different commercials. That may be two. That may be two. Um, all I know kid, is it's 4LOM. Well, let me just tell you this. Guys. It's it's Walker. Yeah, yeah Imperial
2: gotta, Walker. In, yeah, <laughs> that's that's right. That's what we called them coming out of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah. we called them called Imperial them walkers. The yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. The, the term "Ada" I don't think is ever used in any Star Wars movie ever. Not that I, no, not that, not that I can recall. Kenner.
4: Um, well, I do. Why did at one point jump up out
0: of the trench and go,
4: "Look, it's an all-terrain armored trench"?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he did and say he got that blown up halfway through. That. Yeah. Now Luke did say that armor's too strong for blasters, but never did they get an all-terrain in there. Um, here no. we go. Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, I'm going to track this from 1981, the Star Wars Imperial AT-AT toy commercial. Okay. It's new AT-AT. The all-terrain armored transport... Let me start over. Oh. Oh. Okay.
4: It's new AT-AT. The all-terrain armored
0: transport from Kenner. Batteries not included.
4: Uh, but you know what? I think it was for the commercial for the, uh, the driver, the AT-AT driver. They said AT-AT driver? They said AT-AT driver, wow. I think.
3: Okay. I'm... You know, as a kid, I was ATAT again because it was all caps, but as an adult, I realize it's kind of a, a military shortening term, which they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They always pronounce them. They always pronounce them. Yeah,
4: I I've definitely segued into at at is a more common way of describing that. But yes, Imperial Walker is probably your safest bet. And and yeah. you know, so you won't um, you know, offend anyone. Yeah.
0: When old one of my favorite vehicles of of all Star Wars is, is the yes. AT-AT. Like, it, oh, one of those. Yeah, it is. It absolutely, and I know I'm not alone in that. I mean, hey, that's a hot take, I know, but um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, just I captured my imagination as a kid yes. and continued. And it's and it was uh, one of the things that was missing from my collection for the longest time. Mm and mm. And I finally found one in a flea market, and I've told the story on here about the chin gun and how I talked yeah. the guy into selling me the extra chin gun that he had and um and then got home and was cleaning it up, and the other chin gun was in the battery compartment and and so loved that thing, had it for years, sold it before I got married uh and uh miss it mm. but i'm but I would take my wife over an ad at any day um so as we uh, as but talking about that and you mentioned the ad at driver, this the other thing we got to see different in Empire were these new stormtroopers. Yes, Hoth oh, Troopers. Yes, snowtroopers.
2: Yeah, we That's all cool. called them snowtroopers. Yeah, snow We troopers. loved those
4: guys. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so thrilled when I I think you know the first time I saw him was in action figure form. Mm-hmm and uh then they just did not fail to amaze on screen they were just great and the you know a variant of a, a stormtrooper it was it was still a revolutionary concept back then the only thing that we saw that even came close in a new hope were the tie pilots yep
0: yep and yep, uh, mm-hmm.
4: and they were just essentially Stormtroopers in black with tubes coming out of their helmets. Uh, <laughs> stormtrooper was a, a vastly different design. Yeah, and, uh, cool as you know what. Yeah, yeah, uh, just a great, great design and one of my favorite, probably my favorite trooper design next to the traditional stormtrooper from the
3: original. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And these think are the you're... first guys that I ever saw that wore skirts that I thought were cool. Right. right.
4: What is the purpose with uh, the the half skirt? What is that all
2: about? I think no, we'll it keeps the snow from running down into your boots.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's weak. Okay, Jim. You know, Jim. You you know, you living in Chicago where it snows so often, you always will put like a skirt behind you, right, to keep the snow oh, from getting the in your shoes. Oh it's, yeah. oh, it's just a half skirt though. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. Just half, yeah. yeah.
4: Right. Because the wind is always <laughs> blowing from behind. But they're, That's right.
0: But I also noticed, like, where you talk about a, your standard stormtrooper, he's armored from head to toe. When you look at those snowtroopers in action, you know, their pants are just, they're pants. They're not armored up um, the way the rest. And so they are a completely cool, different design. Like, it's not just a stormtrooper with some things wrapped around him. Right. No. Well, they
4: get the extra production from the Long Johns. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Corduroys.
0: The, probably probably got some electric long johns up in there, I would imagine, um, <laughs> keeping, them, keeping them warm. Another thing that was really cool, a cool visual to me in this movie, and there were cards of it, and I think maybe it's, it's another, some of the stuff that's just some of my favorite stuff, is Vader walking through the Rebel base on Hoth. Yeah, um, That black suit, you know, against all the white of the hallway and the snow and everything was just, it makes him that much more menacing. Um, well, it's a
3: great look, but also, you know, ever since the first film, we've kind of been jonesing for Vader to confront our heroes, and he's right there. Yeah. And it's a great tease because we thought, okay, this might be happening. This might be happening now. He can't start the ship. Vader's on his way. We might have something here.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And and he got away. You'd have to wait for the Marvel Comics in 2015 to actually see <laughs> our heroes confront <laughs> Vader. <laughs>
3: Oh, don't get me started. Don't um, get me started.
0: So here's here's the thing. Have, I, and I don't know, maybe you guys haven't been asked this, but I was asked this the other night, as I recall. Why didn't Vader just reach out with the Force and stop the Millennium Falcon when it was taken off?
4: Oh, that was just blown. <laughs> See, that's when your heroes are becoming too powerful. Yes. Tell effective stories about them. It's the whole Superman syndrome, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to You have to temper those kind of all powerful force abilities otherwise it'll strip you of any sort of compelling storytelling yep yep 100%
0: totally agree.
4: agree 100% agree and so maybe wow. he just can't use it so well when it's cold yeah.
2: in-, in universe han solo's just that good of a pilot and uh, he got out of there real fast he outflew the force he outflew the force that's a fast pilot now han uses the force we just didn't know how no. All those times we thought he was lucky, he was using the. Force. It's dumb luck,
4: but. Uh, <laughs> Activator though, the, the whole idea of grabbing a ship in flight has only been displayed really once, and that was in the Rise of Skywalker, to the mm-hmm. best of my knowledge, yep. when Kylo and um, and and Ray get in that tug of war with the Imperial transport. Right. So. I don't think that's a very commonplace sort of uh, ability. Nope. I think the only chance that ability could have happened is due to the power of the Force Dyad,
0: and uh, that was
4: outside of Vader's realm,
0: yeah. even as The Chosen. One. The only other place we see Ooh. it happen is not canon, and it's when uh, Starkiller video does game. it in the video game. Yeah. Starkiller, oh, so.
3: yep, exactly. Oh. I was going to mention that. Yep. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, but I but mean— that's, that's a video game, and that was—
3: yeah. I have a hard
4: time do. connecting video games to canon. Although this new one, Jedi Fallen Order, is 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 really solid. I think it's a really solid addition to uh, the overall canon. I, I can almost accept that as, as being a legitimate piece of Star Wars storytelling. Whereas with a lot of the video games, I'll just be like, yeah, it's a video game. So these yeah. things have to happen because it's a video game. It's not a movie. Somehow yeah. Jedi Fallen Order has a
0: more cinematic vibe to it. Hmm. Now, in the in the asteroid belt here, I started hearing years ago that there's a potato in there, there's mm, a, shoe. a shoe. Have you guys ever found any of those things? No. No, no. Me either. Me either. I always thought I'd be sharp and try to find it, but I never. I get bored. I try. Yeah, You're I get bored sharp. real quick. I'm like, nah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but sir... Uh, so this is another, this is another thing we really, honestly, for all of the, all of the Star Wars of Star Wars, we have, you have them fighting, you have them, um, fighting the TIE fighters as they're escaping the Death Star, and then you have the trench run. But other than that, there's not a lot of in space Battles and and there's you know there's just a little bit of space travel. Well, here we get to see them like grow through this asteroid field. We're like, it's a whole new universe opened up in Empire Strikes Back, just because of the whole asteroid field sequence, and and then landing, of course, in this cave, so to speak. Um, yes, it it and 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 the and the special effects hold up.
4: Yeah, they sure oh, do, wow. and it really puts you kind of in the cockpit with the, the gang, you know? You mm-hmm. really feel like you're on board the Falcon mm. when they're navigating through the asteroid belt and then doing that loop-de-loop and parking in the cave slash slug. Slug. Uh, Space you know, slug. You, you really just, I mean, it's, it just
0: feels like you're on board and in the cockpit with the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and... And just a like I say, just a really neat visual with the with the blue colored Tie Fighters now out there going at it, and uh, yeah. and then later on we'll see the Tie Bomber and everything, and then the and then yeah. their experience and their cave juxtaposal with Luke's going through on Dagobah. I mean, here's another deal. I mean, George Lucas was the king of like, here's a planet that's all desert. Here's a planet that's all snow. Now, yes. here's swamp. You know, <laughs> yeah. and he always worked in the rule of
4: three. Yeah, yes. yes. He had yeah. to put in three different, distinctly different environments for mm. characters. That's true. You know,
2: that that was what, what blew my mind with uh Rogue One. Was it Rogue One? They went to so many different planets, I was like, wait a second, this is too yeah. many, I can't keep up.
4: Yeah, and they even had to tell you the on titles. Screen. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you are here now. You yeah. are here. <laughs> it's like looking at that map in the shopping mall. Where where am I? Well, you, you know what?
0: <laughs> Honestly, we could have used that in at least uh, in in the Force Awakens. You know, in in um, in Empire in Star Wars. I think the only planet they don't really name in Star Wars that you have to find out through extra extra biblical sources. No, they even say the moon on the fourth planet of the Avon system, fourth moon of the Avon system. Yeah. In, in the Force Awakens, we're going to all these planets, and none of them ever get named in film. Jakku, oh, Jakku does. Oh, Jakku. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Outside yeah. of Jakku, yeah. I mean, look, we know it's. Ja- well, they want to make sure you don't think it's Tatooine. Um, yeah. But and then you have I,
4: star killer base, which qualifies, right? But
0: then, other than but that, that was Ilum.
4: and Takadona. They clearly don't they clearly say
0: Takedona, well, they do say yeah. the do, first, No, yeah, the I, don't say I don't think they yeah. ever say Takadona. I don't think they ever say Takadona. Yeah. Takedona. yeah that, well, they didn't say Taco Donna because I think uh, so. She, she also
3: served me at the restaurant the other
0: day. And Taco Donna? <laughs> Taco <Yes>. Donna. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I don't think, I honestly don't think they do. I don't think they do. And he said, she says in the Ilenium system, but is Ilenium that, system? Is that where they're at? I mean, it's not much there. Right. I don't, this is interesting. I don't know. I know <laughs> I, left, I left the Force Awakens not knowing the name of any planets. And, and as a kid, <laughs> As a kid, I knew all of these places. You know. Well, it's not, now here's
2: here's a good good yeah. thing. And I think Jimmy has answered this before, but I'm not sure. tattooing did I did I learn that from a Wonder Bread card? <laughs> I, I got <laughs> it from a, a card, question. a collector's card. But I, I I can't remember. And I think Jimmy didn't you didn't you have the Wonder Bread cards?
4: Oh yeah, of course I did. As a matter of fact, you know, there's two series of those Wonder Bread cards, and I have them all. And i nice. uh, and some fans actually just uh, created a third series themselves what? with a wrapper and everything. Yeah, very limited edition. I ordered it, and I know it's uh, in the mail to me now. Nice. So you might want to look into that, Chaz. Uh I think when I checked out, they said there were like 28 sets left. Oh, man. Well, yeah, the Wonder Cards. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find a link, and I'll send them to you. Cool. Um, but, yeah, okay, so as far as Tatooine being identified... um. I'm trying to think of like in the film when they actually. Yeah, was
2: that?
0: No, I guess that wasn't. Was it? It
2: wasn't in in Star Wars, but it I was don't in think he said
4: until Empire. No, till the end
2: but of. He Empire. does say it at the end of Empire. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So at the end of Empire. That's right.
4: But yeah, when when you know because three PO asks him, he says, "I don't even know what planet this is," and mm-hmm. Luke doesn't respond. Well, you're on Tatooine,
3: duh. No. He says if you know, he says something. You know, there's a bright center to the universe here yeah. on the planet that is farthest from this.
4: From yeah, oh yeah. the
2: planet. Oh, you're on the planet that is farthest from. That's the I name
4: guess. of it. Yeah, you're on the planet farthest yeah. from. They yeah. certainly name a lot of cities in Tatooine, but they never Better. actually name That's the right. planet itself, like- unless is it is it identified in the crawl? I don't think. No,
3: so. no, no? No, okay. no, it's definitely not.
4: I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't think
3: it actually. Jedi's crawl. No. It says Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. I think.
2: I know it says bio gangster. Well, that's an
4: interesting thing to bring up, Shaz. I'll be signing off with you guys and and racing to my Wonder Bread cars.
2: (laughs) I I, I remember wondering what the planet was and we're sitting on the back steps and this is all the neighborhood kids were there. I was like, what planet was Luke from? And my brother just chimes in Tatooine. I'm like, where did you find this out? It was nowhere in the movie. And he he pulls out a card, and I think it was a Wonder Bread
4: card. Ah. He had all the facts right in front of him I
2: mean, I looked up to him for all the Star Wars lore. It's like uh, Billy Mack looking up to you, I'm guessing.
4: Oh, yeah, sure. There was a lot of that going on. No, Billy was mad because I took the cards and left him with nothing but the bread. (laughs)
2: Yeah, eventually I outdid him on the uh, Star Wars lore.
4: (laughs) No, but, you know, Billy hangs in there. Um, there certainly isn't anyone that I've shared more Star Wars with in my my whole life outside of him and uh, probably even more than my boys, you know, because how? my boys, you know, they, they were they've always been on board for Star Wars because it's something that dad loves and it's cool and everything. But they never have gone so overboard into it. They have their own interests and yep. they're. The, you know, the things that appeal to them, they're expert level on for sure. But they always knew that Star Wars was something that Dad liked a lot. And so they would always humor me and and, and have a great time doing it. But they were never just, like, hardcore fans about it.
3: My my question for you, Jim, is where who's got the Falcon right now? I got it. I okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
4: I, I, I do have it. There was a lot of... Uh, Talk about that for a while, and then Billy had he had it in his house, yeah. But but then he moved and put a bunch of stuff in storage, and so I was able to really lean on him. Like, what are you gonna do with that Falcon? It's in storage now. Yeah, you got it to me, you have to give it up. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, though, Billy has. So you see, he's become a big fan of uh, fixing up old vintage items to make them new again. Mm. I mean, them. Yeah. And uh, he knows all the tricks and he bought the most yellowed vintage Millennium Falcon you could find. It was, it was so yellowed. It was brown. I mean, it was just gr- like it, it, it wasn't just in a house where someone was smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it was in a house it, where someone was smoking cigarettes and blowing the smoke onto the Millennium Falcon for 30 yeah. years.
3: The Falcon was, was actually smoking the, smoking the cigarettes.
4: Yeah, right, right. I think for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I think like the the toy actually has emphysema. It has... Yeah. But so, but Billy was able to rehab that thing and make it look like it was minty fresh right out of the box. Wow. And so he really gets into doing that kind of stuff. Every once in a while, he'll come over to my house and he'll be like, "Yeah, oh, you still got some of those vintage pieces up in the attic, you know?" Because I I've, I've acquired extra pieces over the years. And uh, so he'll go up there and start digging around stuff. You didn't tell me you had this. And and then he'll walk out of my house with a box of stuff. But he did. He did give me back the uh, original Millennium Falcon from my childhood.
3: But, you know, it's funny. You're talking about your kids. uh, You you can't really choose your kids' fandom. You can steer them in a certain direction, but how they express it is not necessarily the way you will. Um, You know, I was always books and comic books. My son has gotten into it a lot lately, but his is all in. The variations of the film, and he's literally been downloading in all these film groups, all these different versions of the films. Uh, the other day, he came across a group where somebody had had bought a nineteen eighty three print of Return of the Jedi and scanned it, and we popped it on the projector the other day, and it was just it was gorgeous, mm.
0: just wow. amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I got lost in in watching meet Luke meet Yoda for the first time here. Uh, Love it, Shaz. You you talked about seeing him on Starlog and your confusion when he first comes on. Like, wait, that's not Yoda. Mm. Um, as you, Scott, Jim, you guys were just the right age to really dig Yoda, or was this cat believable to you guys? Or because I always bought into Yoda, like I always believed he was there. I never had a problem with anything he did on screen. I was like, this, th- there's a little person in there or something. Um, mm. What was? How did you guys come see it? Well, if I, if you don't mind, Chaz, I'll go first. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there,
4: there was something about, about Yoda, you know, at first it was like, what? I mean, it was just so well executed mm-hmm. that yeah. you, you didn't even think he was a puppet. And after he got past the silliness of his introduction and he started laying down some real profound philosophy on you, you, you took that character pretty seriously. I always took Yoda very seriously. At the age of 12, when I first saw Empire Strikes Back, I bought the character hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was amazing. I thought the, the chemistry between Luke and Yoda was just so great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's some of the best chemistry you ever see on film in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh that just goes, you know, it says a lot about Mark's acting abilities to be able to act with the puppet, but oh uh, you know, Frank Oz, he he brought that character to life. It was not a puppet at all. And uh I totally bought it. Now I do recall people criticizing Yoda saying, Oh, he's He's Grover from Sesame Street. I was about to (laughs) say that. (laughs) I did have the voice. That that was a very common critique. Well, you know, you got the
3: Muppets there with Grover. Yeah, Yeah. As a a kid. I was not cynical.
4: I was was a a, a, 12-year-old who completely bought it.
3: I was about to say, too, when I went in there, I knew that it was Grover. Uh, I knew it was Frank Oz. I mean, I was a big Muppet kid, too. And uh, so, I mean, I knew it was him, and I recognized it and everything, but still— you bought it and you believed it because the performance was his performance was great. And like you said, Mark Hamill's performance is great. The truth of the matter is if Yoda doesn't work, this movie fails. Oh if yeah. You don't, if you don't buy Yoda, the whole movie fails and everybody buys Yoda.
2: Yeah. And I, everything put came together to make that happen. Cause I knew it was a puppet going in, mm-hmm.
1: well,
2: yeah. but, but the lighting, the movement, everything worked together perfectly one one false move, and that's the end of 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 Jedi right there
0: mm-hmm. well, you know that the um the the whole thing about the Grover voice as a kid, I always said that's Grover, he sounds like Grover, but it's only when he's being silly that he sounds like Grover, yeah, when he mm-hmm. gets right. serious, he's much more there the you know the tone lowers and or is the pitch of his voice rather lowers, and so he he comes out of that that Grover sound. I love the card here from from tops number fifty eight nineteen eighty the creature called Yoda, and it's a picture of Yoda sitting on the bank. It's when he's raising the X-Wing because he's got his eyes closed and his hand open. But uh, but this is when Luke's supposed to have just met him. It says, perched on the side of the bank in the middle of a swampy wasteland. is a strange little creature who speaks to Luke and R2 in a confusing, quizzical manner. Though Luke doesn't know it yet, this creature is Yoda, the Jedi Master he is seeking on Dagobah. Coming he next. would go on to be
3: People Magazine's sexiest man alive that year, too. Oh, Yoda would? No. Coming, no. Next. No. Coming next. Coming <laughs> next. Welcome, young Luke. Uh, so. well, hey, does anybody
4: remember the original name for Yoda? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yogurt? No. 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 <laughs> All right, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. It. do it. His original name was Minch. 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 Wow. M-E-N-C-H. Oh. Minch. Yeah. What a Minch. And uh, he was depicted in all sort of uh, concept arts as uh, being very different than the little green, big-eared reptilian type. He uh, kind of uh, looked like a little... Um, <laughs> little David the Gnome, didn't like- he? Like a gnome or an elf or something, yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, they depicted mm-hmm. it that way in the original comic adaptation for, for *Art Strikes Back*. And yeah. then they went back really? and fixed it for all the reprints and everything. Well,
3: well, no, they they actually the the super special they got it fixed, and then the like the paperback editions they didn't. Oh, so yeah. they really? The paperbacks yeah. they still had the old version. Yeah, yeah the, you know, they did those paperbacks where they would chop up the art and squeeze yeah. them into the paperback um and for that they they uh it was still the purple little skinny guy uh but they had pasted over it for the super special so they had gotten the super special fixed but that was it huh
4: yeah i had i had all of those uh versions you know the magazine that's yep. the super special the the magazine version of the comic adaptation then you had the uh six individual episode uh issues 39 to 44 and, uh, there was a paperback it was yep. a paperback version of it. But, but I, I can't help but think that name Minch might come back into play when baby Yoda finally gets his Whoa, name. Oh, wow.
0: Maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's funny. You know, I was, um, when I was a kid, uh, I got the, uh, the sketchbooks, the Empire Strikes Back sketchbooks with stuff by Joe Johnston in it and everything. Mm. And in there, oh, yeah. they have like the Yoda concepts. And I was so confused to see that little gnome guy in there as a kid. I'm like, That's not Yoda. What do they mean? Because I didn't understand concept art and that sort of thing. I was just like, what is this stuff? And um, and, and I tried to hire this guy. Yeah. What is, what are they thinking? (laughs) That's nothing like Yoda. You can't, he's not drawing Star Wars. So.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Shaz, I sent you the link for those wonder cards. You better hurry up and jump on that. There are only 17 sets left. Oh, dude. Thank you. It's only like 20 bucks. Just get it. Yeah. I didn't have... <laughs> Kick it yourself have. if you don't. Oh, I'll be kicking.
0: The Wonder Bread yeah. cards. I yeah. don't think I ever had the Wonder... Well, my mom didn't buy Wonder Bread, so...
4: Oh, they yeah. mean so much to me, because the first time I ever saw any image from any Star Wars film was summer of 77. My mm. mom was making us grilled cheese or PB&J or something, and the card fell out of the bag of bread. And it was a Tuscan Raider, mm. and I... Wouldn't stop staring at the thing. I just was obsessed with that Tusken Raider. I went my I knew my friend next door, Jimmy Carompolis, our next door neighbor. I, I knew he had seen Star Wars. So I walked out of my back door and I, I went over to his place and I showed him and I said, Is everyone in the film this ugly? And he goes, oh, yeah, there's way uglier than that. There's way like, uglier than that. What am I doing here? I I went to my like, dad, you got to take us to go see Star Wars. Look. And he's like, oh, get that out of my face. But, you know, he didn't understand. <laughs> but he did. He actually, you know, I, I remember seeing Star Wars for the first time with my dad. We got there late. And uh, I, I kept having to explain certain things. I, I knew very little about the film myself going into it. But he's you know, Vader comes up on the screen and my dad goes, Who is that guy? And I said, Dad, that's Death Invader. That's what I thought his name was. <laughs> <Death> <laughs> Vader. And, and my dad, I'll never forget. He goes, Jeez, you sure know a lot about this stuff. I sure do, Pops. <laughs> Missed that one by a mile, Pops, but I'll take your compliments. Yeah. And a little did he know how much he was uh, predicting the future though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, oh, here's a scene with Yoda where I really started to take him seriously. The scene where, you know, Luke says, I'm not afraid. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. we'll be. You will be. Yeah. I, I mean, mean you remember yes, looking at this? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. What happened to Yoda? That's he's right. all like,
1: <laughs> yes.
4: You know, Luke's he's creepy scary now.
0: And he just Luke, went from cute, lovable <laughs> muppet to like creepy, scary old dude. Let's, and what are we doing? And here? Luke's like, I'm going to go stand in the rain because I just peed my pants. Yeah, um, even who gives him a look like WTF? Man. But now, Kent, <laughs> let's have a discussion about the force really quickly, based on that scene alone. You know, fear has no place for a Jedi, but Yoda is, is like—I mean, he's almost like going into full-on coach mode. Like, oh, you're going to be scared, son. Only it's very much creepier than that. What? Why would Yoda? I, I don't. I, I guess what I'm asking here is—is is what is the purpose of now invoking fear when fear is the path to the dark side? It's a test. It's a test to see if don't he's gonna you, go out the dark side.
4: I don't, don't know if it's so much he's trying to promote fear in Luke. I think he's trying to slap Luke down a little bit. Yes. yes. down a and, notch. And warn him yeah. of the
2: seriousness of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well I think he's it's stressing Luke's confidence. He thinks yes. Luke's being overconfident and cocky. And Luke has been called out for that before in the prior film. Yeah, great yes.
0: kid. Don't get cocky. And, yeah.
3: And and here's the thing. When you go to boot camp, that's what they do. They break you down and then build you back up the way you're supposed to be. Yeah, and to me that was kind of a boot campy type thing. You know, your first night with your drill instructor, who's who's really gets intense and threatening and and takes you off your game so he can break you down and rebuild you the way you should be.
0: Nice, thank you. Let's talk about the space slug for a second. I, I don't understand the need to get out of it. It's so big. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> just kind of hover there for a little bit. Let him get settled down. <laughs> But but he might not open his mouth for oh, another I guess, sixteen cycles. That's true. Uh, yeah, you make it. That's the point. That's what I'm. I'm that's that is mentioned the, the digestive process. That's true. That's the key I was looking for. Though I mean, well, they weren't being digested here. They're just kind of walking around on well, his tongue or whatever. You don't know that.
3: You know,
4: I think that um, if they just would have waited, the slug would have expelled the falcon itself because mm-hmm. you know they're they're walking <laughs> around inside the thing's belly. Han shoots it. I mean, if if I was a slug, I'd probably stick my finger down my throat and try to get
0: that out of there. You know, uh, <laughs> it's, you know it's really irritating. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: Well, yeah. that slug actually has bad body image anyway, so it probably was doing that. Mm, I
4: don't well. know. I, I think you know that slug is considered to be pretty attractive by others. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
0: (laughs) I read that back of a Wonder Bread card. (laughs) (laughs) But just something like this space slug. Guys, it's the mind of George Lucas that really, you know, like anybody, I I guess the the point is is anybody can do an asteroid field in space. Like you expect there to be asteroids in space. But to suddenly have the danger ramped up by like, well, we got to get them out of this cave. Uh, We'll make it a Mm -hmm. space slug. But isn't this your your
3: your Joseph Campbell? This is your Jonah and the whale. This is your yeah. classic mythology here. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, sure, yeah, but I mean, it's just, but it's the it's the idea of you know Lucas always went above and beyond. Like you've got a snow planet, uh, have the Empire just attack him? No, before we do that, we've got to have a Wampa situation. And in the and in, and in, in, in people say, well, it was just to cover up Mark Hamill's face. Well, maybe so, but it was so, mm. it was something he was into so much. That there's deleted scenes of Wampas running through Rebel Base. You know, it, I'm
2: glad we got to see some of that.
0: Yeah, it, it's just the idea of even even on the Swamp Planet with all these different little things flying around. Minox for crying out loud in in the in the space slugs Gullet. This the, the the way that he would permeate these very normal looking things and places, though they did seem exotic because the whole planet's a swamp or the whole planet's a desert or the whole planet's snow. There's still that touchstone of we can understand swamp, snow, desert. Right. Mm-hmm. But then to ramp it up with this big thing in the water that eats our 2 or with these, these weird bat-like creatures that are flying all over the place or, or whatever. The, it's just a, it's an amazing feat of imagination to me. Um, and, it's, and it feels fully
3: formed. The universe feels fully formed because of those details.
0: Exactly. It's, it's little yeah. things that I don't know that every science fiction writer, even every fantasy writer, a lot of times really consider when they sit when they set out to, to, to design a world or design a universe. It's things that and it and what's really interesting to me because of the way that Star Wars, the fans that were developed from Star Wars, people like us, you know, we we decided we want to dig in. What are those bat like creatures on Dagobah called? What is this, you know, what 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 is the Wampa doing? Where did he get his food from? What are Tauntauns? where do they get those from? You know, we want mm-hmm. to dig into more we become like xenobiologist or something you know when it comes to the Star Wars universe because we want to understand every little facet of it I Which don't, then the sometimes
3: leads it sometimes leads to bad things though sure because well, yes. then you start trying to apply scientific concepts to things that there is no science for because right. it's fantasy
0: right well you know you got your hyperspace squid whales from rebels you know those are awesome those are cool but you know let's not dig into the science behind what they're doing there in rebels let's just let's just enjoy what they are. Um, but I, I guess what I'm saying is it's like, I don't know of any other franchise that has really done this with it, that it's fans do this with right down to the, to the action figures. You know, we haven't got to the bounty hunter scene yet, but when you get to the bounty hunter, nobody does anything. They all just stand there and look cool. The mm-hmm. only one of them that do anything is Boba Fett and barely. You know, does Boba Fett do anything? And and it's well, just Boss like, quiggles his toes. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. And he does. Pisses. He does. You know, the best yeah. thing Boba Fett does
4: in Empire Strikes Back uh, happened when he showed up in my mailbox in a white box. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was the best thing he did, really. But that was kind of a simultaneous letdown, wasn't it, though? Because it couldn't shoot. He was supposed to be able to shoot his rocket back. Well,
4: Right, no, no, you know, I didn't mind that because, oh. if you, you know, keep in mind, the reason that happened was because a kid was playing with a Battlestar Galactica toy oh, yeah. that shot little darts, and yep. he shot it into the back of his mouth, and it really yeah, that
3: kid was like, in Georgia. Did that
4: kid pass was away? It I yeah. it was a big deal, yeah. and so toy manufacturers all pulled back oh. on the little missiles that shoot out of uh, plastic toys.
3: I had those uh, Galactica toys, by the way.
2: They're too small for Star Wars figures.
3: Well is that
4: right? Yeah. I thought oh, yeah. three and three quarter inch.
3: Well, oh, no. but the ship but the ships, the ships would shoot the things. The yeah, ships the ships were yes. much yes. smaller ships scale. Shoot,
4: right. So a kid grabbed a Cylon Raider and, and yeah. pulled it up to <laughs> his mouth and and shot it into the back of his mouth and somehow it caused uh terrible damage. And you know, I I don't recall if it was fatal or what, but I it, think sure it was. I think it was, and and it sure got the toy industry, uh, you know, uh, scrambling. And so one of those things was they glued the missile in the back of the rocket fire Boba Fett action figure. You know, they've since re-released it with the actual missile that fires. And when you got that in the mail,
2: Jimmy, the new one, Mm -hmm. did you shoot the, the rocket the first thing you did?
4: Oh, right in my mouth! Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I, got it, I took it right out of the package and said, "Open wide, fool!" Yeah, the kids <laughs>
2: and I unwrapped them all. We had three of them, and we started
0: shooting at each other with the rockets. <laughs> have, have you guys? I'm I'm sorry to get back to talking the movie here for a minute, but have oh. you guys ever noticed in in the cave scene um, when Luke is walking to where he'll confront Vader? It actually looks Slow-mo. like a it looks like a, a, a structure. It yes. looks like it, it is. It's not a. It's not a natural cave. It looks like a an actual structure, and the shape of it kind of resembles the room that Luke and Vader will have their final part of their convers their confrontation in on um, on on Bespin. Uh, my sister here is oh, here is oh, the power of sug- wow. here is the power of suggestion in people's minds, or maybe it's just my sister's a, a dirty liar. But when she went to see this, I remember. I actually remember going with her and some friends and my mom. To see Empire as a three-year-old, I fell asleep in the theater. I was three, guys. Give me a break. Um, but she, to this day, because someone in the theater, when the when Vader's head explodes and it's Luke's face, someone in the theater, being a smart aleck, went "nanu nanu," and um, and my sister, what? my sister, to this day, swears that it was in the movie "nanu nanu." <laughs>
4: George Lucas and uh, Robin Williams were pretty tight actually yeah. there you know Robin lived in Marin just like mm-hmm. George Yeah. Uh, hey, you mind coming in here and do a little ADR for me here? Right. See, <laughs> I, I I it's like you know it's it's too serious. I want to tap need- into some of that, <laughs> that minty magic there. I and, need the
0: uh, nanu nanu back. It's only in the mon- mono mix. Yeah, it, well, maybe okay so maybe it's out there. <laughs> if anyone knows <laughs> now, let me know. <laughs> now now let me
3: ask you guys this
0: when did it become a
3: cave It was originally a tree, and that's another one of those things that's different in the Empire Strikes Back adaptation, the comic adaptation, is it's a tree.
2: I've Uh, always thought that it was a cave under the tree. Yeah. Ah. I've always thought that, because it's it's used both ways, the
4: tree and the cave. Because (laughs) it appears he goes underground, like down to the roots and uh-huh. there's a, an an opening there and he goes down into it. Yeah. And as far as it being some sort of man made structure, I always just kind of chalk that up to the limitations of the set design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and, and and maybe just the way it was lit and the way it was shot where we're seeing something we're not really supposed to be seeing. Uh, I I just could never come to terms with the fact that Somehow uh, the filmmakers back in the late seventies thought, well, you know what? Let's make it some kind of vague man-made structure. So, you never know. You know, I know maybe Lucas said, "Hey, I got an idea I, for that." I was gonna say, "I go can't."
0: I'll do it. I can't imagine George looking at that and being like, "We need," and not saying, "We need to cover it up, make it look more natural." I, I yeah, can't. If if he yeah. wanted it natural, I, I can't believe that. That some, because you can see it pretty well on, on film because Luke is actually standing right next to one of those smooth walls at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks designed to be that way. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's part of the vision. Maybe it's actually there. Maybe it is like an old remnants of an old temple or something. Um, or an
2: old ship. I think there was one one of the books said it was a wrecked ship, the Chuanthor, or something like that. I don't remember what book right. that was. Right. Right. Uh, but but I love the idea that it's a vision because it is a force vision going on there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And you've got uh you, you've got it being the the final sequence of the movie. That that would make some sense. This is yeah. what could happen whenever you you fight Vader. You you could end up becoming Vader. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah. you know,
4: yeah. I, I had a, a conversation recently about the tree cave and mm-hmm. I think it's a, a, a I think it's a mistake to believe that the environment itself is evil mm-hmm. or that it's some sort of physical nexus of the force or anything like that. Hmm. I don't, I don't buy it for a second. Hmm. I think it's, it's just simply the environment in which Luke Skywalker had a profound vision that was part of his trials and training. But Yoda tells him strong with the dark a side of evil. Is. Well, yeah. I think he's, he is, he's planting seeds in Luke's head. But when Luke says, what's in there, Yoda says only what you take with you. Yeah. Mm. So that to me indicates that it's Luke and Luke alone triggering the vision in the tree cave. It's not some sort of mystical environment that promotes that kind of thing. It's the mirror. Like if anyone else went into the tree cave, I think all they would see is like lizards and mud and things like that. But with Luke... He goes in there, and it's all part of his training. And it's just, I, maybe it's a little thing, a, a little uh, game Yoda was playing with him, too. That's something else I always considered, was Yoda was kind of pulling the strings when it comes to Luke having this vision as well. Because it seems like Yoda knows exactly what Luke's walking into, and ex- mm-hmm. it's like he already knew what the vision was going to be before Luke even had it. And then when Luke emerges from the cave, Yoda tells him he failed, and <laughs> he's just you know he's disappointed with him and everything yeah. else. Let me let me I, let me track but a little. I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think that the tr- the tree of evil is like uh, something you go in and you put a quarter in the machine and then all of a sudden you have your vision. You know I think it's Luke Luke just having a vision in the tree cave. Mm. That's all I think.
0: Let me let me track a little Yoda here. The force around you, here, between you, me, between the tree, the everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Even I love me. it. I, I don't know, Jim. I, I really think that, uh, and and this is this is spending years with Star Wars and all the other supplemental material that we've run into throughout the years. I always kind of imagined that it was indeed some type of place that for whatever reason was strong with the dark side. And that's what one of the things that helped conceal Yoda's presence mm-hmm. on Dagobah mm. is that is that because he is such a force of light, powerful that, light, powerful yeah, dark, that, that this balance. would that this would be a balance a, play, a place of balance that might yeah, conceal if, his Clint, presence. But if,
4: if you turn on a light in a place that's totally dark, doesn't that you know the guy holding the flashlight sort of stick out like a sore thumb? Jim, you make a
0: fantastic point that I cannot yeah. come back against with that.
4: I always okay. felt like Yoda was hiding out on Dagobah because it was teeming with life, and it would have yeah. made it difficult right. to
0: point. Absolutely, a light side user there. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree with that too. But I do think it is a place that, for some, for whatever reason, has ties to the dark side. I, I do, I, I do like that idea that there are places in the galaxy that are maybe nexus is not the best word for it, but they are touch points. Eh.
4: That, that are, I don't like now. See, I and I made this argument a thousand times over again. Mm -hmm. I don't like the world between worlds from rebels because I don't like the force being a place you can go to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I don't like that idea. I think it's, it's, it's too spiritual and, 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 and part of your faith in everything. And, uh, you know, even when you go to church in the real world, you're not actually going to—well, okay, I, I shouldn't open that. Well, you're not going into God,
2: so to speak. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, right. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't want to, like,
0: diminish any and like, it's, houses of worship. No,
3: but it's, it's largely symbolic. It's not, it's
0: not actual. Right, There's nothing. there's nothing special about the building of the church except what goes on there. Yeah. And, We're and, all trying to
4: help you, Jim. And well you, well, you know, I think <laughs> you're making a good analogy, Jim.
0: There's a lot of churches in my neighborhood
4: and I walk by them and I see on their boards they put up uh messages. A lot of them put up messages of affirmation or encouragement. But this one church put something up that I thought was great. It said, uh all church services canceled for the foreseeable future. Don't worry about it. God will come to you.
3: <laughs> I, I just
4: I yeah. love right. you know right. I, you know, you, you, you have your connection with a higher source without having to necessarily go someplace. And I think your know, church is great because it presents you with the communal experience right. that strengthens a connection to a higher source. But I don't think the church itself amplifies that. Right. You need the people in mm-hmm. the church to have that, that connection with a higher source. Yeah.
2: Yes. I see. That's that's with the with the world between worlds. I don't think that's the force, because I'm I'm with you. You you the force is not a place.
0: Well, yeah, I don't, I don't like that just from a from a narrative standpoint because of the doors that it opens and you're, and how much you're able to undo so much, you know, and right, and, and it and it becomes an easy out for so many things like the Ahsoka situation, lazy um,
4: storytelling, um, I, I, right? Yeah,
0: I hate to say it that way, mm-hmm. but but it kind of is. Coming back to to the to the cave, though, I just I I I like the idea of the Force actually though being centered around certain places in in different ways because of mm-hmm. maybe an event that took place there or you know something like to me because it's because it's buried under that tree and it's this weird But i it's almost like something ancient happened in that place that still resonates mark. that still resonates within the force yeah um, the story i've heard is that like yoda had a showdown
4: with some dark side Warrior who was looking for him and yeah. he killed him in that place an and an everything, but then that's that strips away the personal vision that Luke has very right. personal that's, experience. That's why I he, say
0: I feel like it's something very ancient, you know, that's there. Um, yeah. it more, more than but it, you know, I mean, it's it, that's the great thing about the wars is we can have these. I love these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. about Star Wars and, and about Empire and all these things. Like, like just the simple fact of, like, Vader choking these dudes out when he gets mad. You know, it's like, we see him do that to Motti. where's my nickel, in the uh, in in the first film.
4: What an inside joke
2: to me. Man, that was a
0: great callback. <laughs> but, but, but in Empire, we see him do it to, like, two or three guys. We see him just choke the guys out to the point of death. And it's like, is it that, there's just no humanity left in Vader at this point. And, He's more machine now than man. And 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 as he begins to confront Luke, I mean, like, we know this now because of the hindsight with Jedi, but, like, it's where it starts to be opened up again. He's started, you know, this is going to breed the confusion in him and everything. As big a moment as it is for Luke to hear that Vader's his father, it's a big moment for Vader to admit that he is Luke's father. Hey, how about that
4: scene uh, we just saw of uh, the Slave One tracking the Millennium Falcon? Yes, sir. Yeah. Awfully yeah. uh, close. That, you know, dumped with his face. That's right. Very <laughs> close. So, what did we learn from that uh, sequence? I'll mm. tell you what we learned. No rearview mirror? Falcon mirrors. has no rearview
3: mirror. No, that's, 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 right. Right. that's not all. We learned something else, Jimmy. Well, wait a minute. If it doesn't have a rearview mirror, where does he hang the dice? <laughs>
2: oh. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got a rearview mirror.
2: He's distracted. <laughs> See, yeah, our Kryptonite to Jedi, and therefore Han Solo has the Force. Mm.
4: Maybe he had like at this point in time he had those big fuzzy dice, and it was blocking
0: his (laughs) view. So, Slave One is is one of those ships that has always it, it used to as a kid would baffle me. I'm like, what is this thing supposed to do? um because i i, I didn't re- yeah because i didn't remember it in the movie so well all the time didn 't you I did I was guilty of flying the slave one the wrong way many times I did that for a while,
2: yeah, and then it finally hit me. The reason the handle is on the bottom is because it 's the side,
4: yep <laughs> exactly I was quite surprised when I saw the slave one flying the way it did in the film because I thought it uh, flew in a similar way as how you see it parked Mm -hmm. on its jets. I I just, I mean, anyone would assume that. But uh, it turns itself up like an elephant head. Yeah. And it's very clever, very
3: clever design. Designed after a street lamp, right?
0: That is the urban legend. Ah. Hey, is it true that the Millennium Falcon was designed after George saw it bit into a hamburger? That's no. what they
3: say. That's okay. what they
0: say.
4: I think he actually used a hamburger. Okay. To and sort put of the describe. olive on the side to show where the cockpit would be. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, because, yeah, there was an olive. Because everyone serves a hamburger with an olive. All right. Even <laughs> George over a weird burger. But um, yeah, he had an olive with his burger, and yeah, put the olive on the side, and to sort of demonstrate what he was envisioning with the cockpit and everything. It was a, basically a flying saucer with the cockpit yeah,
0: inside. Right. Hey, more on the hamburger discussion in an upcoming uh, video on the Geek Out Loud YouTube. So, um, when it comes to Empire merch and and toys, more than merch, but toys, favorites, shaz, all of them. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I I was an all of them collector at this point. There were some I did not get on many rigs, and uh, you know the, the three things that came out: the radar gun, the uh, imperial cannon, cannon, and the vehicle Emperor maintenance gun. energizer. I only got the vehicle maintenance energizer back then. Hmm. But I saved up all summer to buy that attack because Santa Claus doesn't uh, bring fifty-dollar pieces of plastic.
3: Oh, mm. don't get me started. That Dude. was. I went I and paid for it once and
2: change, and Dad stood there by me counting it while I was counting it all out for the lady. she
3: said it's his money. My mom's response when I asked her for it still rings in my ears to this day, which was, I ain't paying no $50 for no toy. <laughs> yeah. So, see, I was still, old enough to be
4: earning some money through like mowing lawns and that's why I, I, I had an allowance.
2: Yeah, I couldn't mow yet. So I had to go around and pick up sticks, yeah. rake up yards, uh, edge people's lawns with a spade
4: and wow. my foot. You can but, uh, s- scoop but, uh, the, the change out of the sofa is what I would do. Oh, yeah,
3: The Imperial attack base of everything I got, I That's, think I loved the most. Oh, that is the best.
4: And what were, puzzled yeah. me so much about that is that I never used it as an Imperial attack base. I used it as Echo base. Yep, it was the sure. Rebel base. Yep. why did they, a trench. Why did they market it as an Imperial base when it was clearly Echo base? Uh, and, and still sure. to this day, I will uh, use <laughs> that play set. Uh, you know, when I sit down and play, uh, that, that would be the Rebel base. It has to be. You know what yeah, I like awesome. a lot? There was um there was something I picked up from Sears that gave me some real status among my friends was the, the Cloud City carbon the, freezing chamber. Oh, sure. oh the cardboard it was Sears places. Places. Yeah, yeah, man. It with Piece a cardboard. Yeah, it was cardboard. <laughs> it came with Lobot, Dengar, and a third, Solo and Bespin. I, I I think um Solo and Bespin. Espin, yeah. yeah. There was not an ugnat with it though, was there? I, yeah, there was an yeah. yeah, So there were four figures. Yep. Maybe Lobot I I thought it only had three, three or four. So uh, I, I, I just four. when I acquired that, none of my friends were aware that sears was offering exclusive star wars things and i had known this because i picked up a couple of those blue snaggletooth play sets yeah a year or two prior so i would always be combing the catalogs and all of that here here quick question quick question lobot many times you see all these lights on his uh headset especially from behind i don't ever recall noticing it so much in the original Mm. version um, I, his, his lights seem very brilliant.
2: Yeah. I don't remember them being so the ones on the side, but the ones on the front, you would see them
4: blank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the ones in the back. Look, you see him walking down that hall. Oh road. yeah. See it. Yeah. There. But across the, uh, the back. The way, the, like I don't ever recall seeing in the original.
3: The playset came with, you were right. Lobot, Ugnot, Solo, Bespin and Dengar.
0: Yeah. Ah! Yeah. I, uh, I had that as well. And, uh, and of course I, it got ripped all to pieces. Because yeah. I, I played the heck out of that thing, and yep. um, I also had uh, the the blue Snaggletooth. My mom was a was a catalog buying fool, man. If it was in the Sears catalog, she'd get it, you know. And so when it was Star Wars, and there's four figures in it, so I had the uh, I had blue Snaggletooth, and I had a red Snaggletooth as well. And I and I was always confused, I'm like, why do I never see a blue Snaggletooth on the peg? That's really weird. And it wasn't. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was a grown up that I knew that I understood. You know that I found out. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is where this came from. When I started to be able to kind of delve into what collecting was all about and everything. And um, uh, and, and so yeah, my I have I had two blue snaggletooths for the longest time, just wow. because. Yeah, just because. You know,
3: See, the blue snaggletooth that Cantina place that it came with. That was. I mean, you got to remember that my childhood. My favorite book as a child was the Sears Wish Book. I mean, that was yeah. just. I loved it. I, st- I still have a bunch of them to this day. I keep them. I collect them. And uh, when that playset was in there, I was like, this is a thing I can only get from this catalog. I've got to have this for Christmas. Mm. And Christmas morning, I get up and, you know, the Santa Claus stuff all happens. There's no playset. Oh,
0: no. There's oh. no
3: four action figures. Mm. And I'm just like crushed. And then that afternoon, we go over to my grandmother's house and she gives me my one gift from her. And that was what it
0: was. Wow. Thanks, Grandma. And Grandma was awesome.
4: Grandma saved the day. Yes, yes. There were there was another exclusive at JCPenney. It was the remote control land speeder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Never had. And of course there was like there were never TV commercials for this stuff. Nope. Uh there was no, you know, buzz about it or anything. You just like happen upon it. Oh my God, there's a remote control yeah. land speeder. So it was this uh one summer, maybe 78, 79. And uh Billy Mack and I had discovered that in the JCPenney catalog. And we were in northern Mississippi visiting my grandmother, and she took us to the JCPenney so we could go pick our Christmas gift. Mm. Yes. And it we was on the pick. shelves? No, it was oh. we went to the catalog and chose from the catalog. Oh, wow. nice. Cool. Yeah. And so she so she ordered it. And that was the longest six months waiting for Christmas <laughs> to roll around yeah. so we would get that remote control. Landspeeder, speeder, and I swear to God, I don't think we could get either of them to work. Now, in fact, if I remember, it had, it
3: all. <laughs> had the R2D2 shaped remote, right? Yeah, Which I, just a, just a clicker. Recently,
4: I had just recently found that in a box <laughs> while going through my collection. Nice. Yeah, awesome. I found
2: Yeah, the clicker. I was uh, so disappointed in that because it was everybody terrible. else could play with their lightsabers outside or their land speeders outside. I couldn't. Because it wouldn't work outside. It only only worked on the kitchen floor. Everywhere else was carpeted.
4: Uh, I couldn't get it work anywhere.
0: Guys, I have oh. I have two things. I have a question, but at first I have a comment. Um, I, I have to call shenanigans on Star Wars fandom because for all these years we focused in on Wilrow Hood hauling the ice cream maker around. I was today years old when I noticed Luke Skywalker loading an ice cream maker into the hull, uh, hold under the X-Wing there. A moment, oh, nice. a moment ago on, da- on Dagobah. Secondly, secondly, the Imperial Troop Transport. Now, you had two versions of it. I had the version that did not make sounds. Was, oh, right. was the all, version that yeah. made sounds, was it a Sears exclusive? No. No, the one that you have is. Okay. See, Mama. What the, mama yeah. Mama, ordering out those catalogs like a fool. Yeah. I mean, she's going to order. came with some figures, too. No, no, I don't think lo- that one not, did.
2: Not the not the one without sounds, anyway.
0: The ones the
3: ones I remember that came with figures were the Cantina set, the Cloud City set. There was a Rebel Command Base set that used the, that same base that they used for Hoth Ice Planet and for land, land of the of Jawas. The Zoas, yeah, and for land. there was the uh, the Jabba's
0: Dungeon playset. Those are the ones I remember with figures. Jabba's Dungeon came with the Clatu in the special garb.
3: Yep, and Jabba's with, Dungeon was eight D eight. Jabba's Dungeon was made from the original mold for the droid factory. The droid factory, factory. right. It has changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know,
4: I I have that. I still have that. I still have the box. I have everything. Wow. Jabba's Dungeon. Yeah, I picked that up after, like a few years after, Return of the Jedi and Star Wars. And oh, in fact, I would have killed Marvel. to Mid eighties, mid eighties. So I picked it up, dirt cheap. I I went out wow. my junior year, senior year in high school. I was uh, interested in completing my action figure collection, mm. so I was still finding figures at retail, just vastly discounted. You know, fifty yeah. cents for a Power of the Force oh. with the coin and everything. Yep. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, like some of the the swag, like the card backs, I would always save the boxes, et cetera. But a lot of that stuff got trashed in a sump pump malfunction. Oh, no. Oh, no. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We kept that stuff in our basement. My favorite thing, my favorite thing about the latter Star Wars line with the Power of the Force stuff and everything were the planet map inserts that they did in the vehicles and stuff. Todd Wayne. Tatooine, Death Star, of yeah, and Death Star Two, and Death Star Two, yeah, and and I had all three of them, and I still do somewhere, but they are again, they're things that I used as a kid. I would open them up and look at them and and lay them out on the floor, and so like they're very brittle and and everything, and absolutely love those things. Um, uh-huh. But uh, the last thing I bought off the shelf was in 1987 at a Toys R Us in Savannah, Georgia. Of of vintage mm. Star Wars, and it was the battle Damage Tie Fighter. Nice. Um, it was the last wow. thing I 87. ever saw. Eighty seven. Wow. Yeah. Did
2: you put the battle damage stickers on it?
0: Not at all. I wanted it to look like exactly. a Tie Fighter. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I all right. Let me do let do me ask you. It. Let me ask you guys this: We're we're approaching the scene where we're going to dinner, and uh-huh. this has become a little bit of a topic of conversation this week. What do you think happens when they go in and the doors close? Mm-hmm. I think there are other troopers
4: on the other side of the door there in that wall, and they just immediately handcuffed Han. See,
3: I, I, I don't think they think, sat down, you know? I, I kind of <laughs> think Vader plays with them and makes them sit down and have dinner.
4: Well, there's the robot chicken that sort of replays that scene there, you know, where that <laughs> happens. Yeah,
3: yeah. Happens, <laughs>
4: it's, uh, it pretty much plays out in robot robot chicken like I thought it would if they actually did have dinner, but... No, I like to think that just they were just immediately taken into custody and put into these cells and tortured. Wow.
0: It, it's creepy as all heck. I know that. Like it is a scary moment, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Scott, going back to what we you talked about earlier when we first started watching this, even with moments like that, this is a funny movie. Uh, yeah, because of all the different character moments, people get Chewy get some stuff, and here is he's about to start putting three PO back together. You know, there's the whole, you know, I'm backwards, you know, and he just starts going yeah. off on him and, and turning him off and everything. The the banter in the asteroid field and also even in this moment of like, wow, this is this is scary stuff. Everything
2: know, just turned dark. Yeah, literally, they're
0: still doing jokes, you know, and and mm-hmm. and I think that's some of the charm of of Star Wars is that for all the all the labels of darkness that gets laid at the feet of this film. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still, it's still a funny movie in so many places. Oh, yeah.
4: And you have the foundation already laid by A New Hope. So we, we know these characters a little bit better and know what they're all about, too. So the challenges that get presented to them in this film only seem like a natural progression mm-hmm. for our uh, relationship to these characters. You know, we, a, a New Hope made us love them, like them and really care about them. Right. And the empire strikes back, put them in a terrible, terrible situation. And so that really gets amplified because we already know these characters so well, and we already like them so much. That's why it's so effective to have empire strikes back, put the characters in such peril Uh, as, as, as a youth. It did. It did affect me a little bit because I did take note that a lot of the optimism that I had collected from the original film was kind of betraying me a little bit in in some way, shape, or form. But it didn't feel like such a vast departure. I didn't feel like my expectations were getting subverted. It felt like a very natural progression for the, both the story and the characters, and me as a viewer. Everything just worked out perfectly.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's... it's uh like we were talking uh, about at the beginning, you, you imagine the carbon freeze would be white. Well, everything on Bestman's white until this goes dark. Mm-hmm. But even then, you have these little glimmers of of light, you know, with this whole thing with rebuilding 3PO and the the jokes that are going to go on right here. I feel terrible. <laughs> you know, that's a great response to this. <laughs> yes, it, I it, do it, love it, it. It, it. It's horrendous, but, you know, here you have... You know who Han Solo is. You know who these characters are. And so you can relate to them. But it does seem like a natural progression. This is what they have to go through in order to grow beyond what we've already seen them grow in the
4: first movie. I wonder how much this scene was played over and over again until they landed on that I feel terrible line. You know? I (laughs) thought that'd be good to know. There could have been some other dialogue in there for Han like yeah they tried to get the information out of me but I wouldn't give it to him or you know things like yeah. that but but Kirshner just worked so well with the actors and allowed them to take many takes to really land on the the solid gold
3: yeah especially with Ford because so a lot of his original lines were a lot more complex than they wanted to be and he's a simple yeah. guy he should be saying things simply and plainly and that's they really did a good job of boiling him down and bringing that character out
0: well that's the and that's another thing about this particular movie you know if star wars if the original star wars was uh, you know very much like all these movies are a callback to those old serials and george was really focused in on that on the idea of the action and the moving forward and the faster more intense when you turn it over to irvin kershner to direct this film you know, here's a guy who's like, I, you know, I want to bring out the characters, and and so even R two gets moments of standing on his tippy toes in the rain to peer into mm-hmm. the window of Yoda's hut, and mm-hmm. and and you and so we get more character moments from even from Chewie. You know, we got some in in the first movie. You know, with the you know the slicking his hair back and the dianoga and everything, but but here you know we see him sad, we see him laughing. You know, he laughs at three PO when he gets him turned on, and he, mm-hmm. he laughs at Han when you know he's like, "Laugh it up, fuzzball." I remember that's a line that I stuck with me for years. I thought that was the funniest thing anyone ever said as a kid.
3: Yes. Laugh it up, fuzzball.
0: <laughs> um, you know, but we get all these different character moments, and and really, and that's and and I guess that's what's so interesting is even with Vader, the way that he is obsessed, his obsession with Skywalker is is a character play for him, you know, it's a play on his character. And it, and so you're right, all these different characters get a chance to breathe and to grow and, and to be there on screen. It's just really a, it's such an interesting take on the sequel because, you know, going back to that discussion earlier, there'd been so much that was done um, that was just in, in sequels that was trying to redo what the original had done. You know, and maybe add a few new jokes in the case of smoking the band, and or you know, ruin a few (laughs) things in the case of of smoking. But here, here it's like we're telling a story. This isn't just a sequel. This is a continuation.
3: No, and and it depends on what your aims are. You know, you know that I met Jeffrey Boehm on the set of *Lethal Weapon* three, and we struck up a friendship for a couple of years there. And I remember when they were making Lethal Weapon 3, I asked him, well, what, what is the big revelation? What do we learn about these characters in this one? And he just kind of went, what are you talking about? He said, what we're doing is we know what the audience likes about these guys, and we're giving them more of that. Mm. And so there wasn't no, you know, there was an attempt to, to do something more, say something more with those characters. It was just kind of, we're going to give them more. This is not that. This is, what can we learn about these guys? If we put them under these pressures and these strains, what are they going to do?
0: And and it's and it's interesting. Whereas you see in 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 Star Wars, Han fleeing the scene. Here he he really comes to the forefront, and he is the hero. You know, in in these circumstances, even though he's having his tail frozen here, yeah. You know, but he does. He steps up and takes it all like a man.
3: Well, he's the hero. See, the whole even movie.
0: here,
2: he sacrifices at the beginning. He stays yeah. with them, even though he needs to go save his neck.
3: And and here, though, you've got I love you, I know, which, again, dark moment, funny line, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so classic solo. I mean, he's, he's basically been telling her the whole movie she loves. It. So when she finally admits it, I know. But there's also, obviously, the other level of you know, we're having this connection there. And that's yeah. not in the script originally. That's, you know, it's like, well, just remember that I'll be back, you know, and all this right, other stuff. right. Well, I
0: heard... Uh, I, I want to say I heard Kirchner talking about just the whole idea, and Jim, you may know what I'm talking about here. The whole idea with even the carbonite block the 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 design of it, like it looks like Han's fighting to get out, and like yeah. it's like you he- wanted to
4: have Harrison using an expression of anguish
1: mm-hmm.
4: you know you wanted to feel that he was. Going on this nightmare, you know, and you see it, you uh-huh. see it in his his face. I, I just wonder how his his hands. He was he was clearly wearing the, the the handcuffs, the the bindings, and then now his hands are up like that. Well,
2: the cold snapped
4: him. The, the cold just snapped him, <laughs> just like that.
2: Right? Well, was was that yeah. it, or did they unbind the bindings? I but thought he the Ugnots had the strap around the top part of
3: his arms.
0: Yeah, I thought the Ugnots unbound him. When they unfroze him, though,
3: that strap isn't there. I mean, he that's definitely true, went down true. with something on him. But when yep. they, when she unfroze him later at Jabba's palace, they, there's nothing else in there.
0: Right. Well, that's it's what I'm the saying.
3: quick unfreezing that did it to it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I
0: think I remember Kirshner saying something to the effect of, "We wanted it to look like he was struggling to escape." And, yeah, well, that's you know. what it looks like. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's uh, horrific. Yeah. Um,
2: you, you've mentioned something though about about these lines and how they fit in. Star Wars was faster, more intense. In this one, we stopped to breathe, but they make it move quickly by being concise yes. with the speech. Mm-hmm. Except Yoda and Vader. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot. But everyone else, it just it moves the story, but they don't spend a lot of time. But both of them with Luke talk a lot. And maybe that's the real essence of it. This whole thing is the struggle between light and dark, and it's embodied in Yoda and, and
3: Vader, and they're fighting for Luke. So much so that when, when Luke comes up in here, and he gets in his conflict with Boba Fett, what do they play musically?
0: Oh, I don't know. They play. Jimmy the, ought to know this. They play the Han and Leia theme, don't they?
3: No, no, they play Yoda's theme.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yoda's theme, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is such a the, I love this Luke the, this look on on Luke. I love the Bespin what what I guess has become to, to be known as the Bespin fatigues. Um, uh, this is this whole moment. Leia is the originator of the line. It's a trap, you know. Everyone mm-hmm. gives it to Akgar yeah. but it's Leia. Um, yeah. Luke, don't. It's a trap. It's a trap. And um and and then of course, you know. Uh, uh, Lando playing Pac-Man on his Pac-Man watch there,
3: what, which which is in The Rise of Skywalker.
0: What's that? What
3: that watch is in The Rise of Skywalker. He's got it in that movie. Does he really? Yes. I didn't notice that.
4: You know, it, it's it's interesting because I took a close look at that.
3: Uh-huh. And,
4: uh, it, it's it's definitely inspired by.
3: Yeah, it's not it, identical.
4: You know, but it's not identical. Ah. I don't know why it isn't because in the book the uh visual guide or yeah it's the art of book it it says that the, d- the designer was clearly trying to um emulate that same style but then I, f- I freeze framed uh the rise of Skywalker and then I freeze framed Empire strikes back and I noticed that there's there's several differences in the two it's just you know He's got version, you know, 2.0 or something by the time we catch up to him in the the Rise of Skywalker.
2: It takes a long time for them to get to a 2.0 if it's 30 years later.
4: Th-
0: this well, is this is it's, my it's 2.0, favorite 2.0, but
4: he's had it for 30 years. This is oh, one yeah, of my
0: this is, this is one of my favorite moments in all of cinema history. Yes.
3: The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet.
0: Absolutely have always loved that moment. I love the visual oh, yeah. of Vader in shadow there on, on the top of the steps and 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 then all this whole thing kind of done almost in silhouette with these two yeah. for a moment. It's just ugh. Well, I'm is... so
4: glad they used that dialogue and not what they were originally thinking of using. What
0: were they <laughs> What were they... Which was?
4: Put him up, whippersnapper! <laughs> Put him up, whippersnapper!
2: Uh, I'm gonna take you down.
3: Uh, but Vader I don't know where I. Get that was the That him. was the Lee Bracket draft. But yeah, Vader. Yeah, your...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Vader toying with Luke here, you know, just one handed, just kind of, you know, just taking everything Luke's got in this moment, and you just you see, it, it's such a great. Um, visual of of not only how far Luke has come since just you know levitating the 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 lightsaber in his hand at the beginning of the movie, but it also is such a visual of how far he has to go. Um yeah. When when standing before Vader and um and, and and where this thing ends up going is just, I uh, but I love it. I love how cool Vader is in that moment. I'm not a big fan of like the cool villain, but but I am. Speaking of cool villains, oh. you know I'm getting us out of here. <laughs> Hey, I love to bend a gas, but I'm, I'm ready to go.
4: Hey. I, I love how Chewie responds. You know, the instant.
0: Oh he's, yeah. He's
4: oh, yeah. going to <laughs> snap Lando's neck. It's interesting because in the rise of Skywalker, there was a scene that was cut from the movie where Kylo Ren confronts Chewie after the first order has mm-hmm. taken him captive and he Kylo drops his saber and starts taunting Chewie saying, don't you want revenge for me killing Han Solo? What? Take it now. Come on, let's Mm. go. What? It's a real interesting sequence because Chewie, then he holds back. He doesn't go right after Kylo because number one, he assisted in raising Kylo from a child. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also number two, he there's, there's, Almost, it's almost inferred in the novelization that he taps into the light side of the force a little bit. Mm. Chewie does, mm. and instead of attacking Kylo, he starts thinking about all of these great times they they shared together. And then Kylo picks up on that vibe, and it sort of spooks him out a little, and he leaves Chewbacca alone. He mm. quits haunting Chewie, and uh, so when I see a scene like this where the second chewie gets free he wants to revenge han solo and starts choking lando um he 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 gets a a chance in the rise of skywalker novelization to get revenge for han solo again with solo's child but he he takes a different approach
0: well but remember in the force Mm -hmm. awakens like he immediately shot at kylo like there there was oh yeah you know and and so but i do like the idea you know and that's a neat Conversation to have about Wookiees and their and their connection to the Force, you know, because is it is it still canon that they have a connection to the trees of Kashyyyk, or is that is that lost to legends?
2: It was almost in the Clone Wars, therefore it's canon.
4: Okay, <laughs> I think it's in the novelization, the original novelization for Star mm-hmm. Wars, uh, when Obi Wan meets Chewie at the Moss Eisley Cantina mm-hmm. before they sit down to talk to Han Solo. Luke asks Ben, you know, what's up with the Wookiee? And uh, Ben says, hey, you know, Wookiees have their own affinity for the force. Mm -hmm. And it's always been sort of Mm -hmm. inferred that the Wookiees have some kind of force connection. Um, may, May it be just through their natural... Uh, lifestyle, or if it's something maybe deeper than that, but you so you kind of get that reinforced in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda reveals that he has a good relationship, good relationship with, with the Wookiees, yeah. and mm-hmm. so I I think it it, it comes yeah. down to the fact that they may be tapping into the light side of the Force a little bit just naturally. Yeah,
0: that's I guess that's what I was asking. Um, gosh, I here love- watch Luke. He jumps down here, and then you see his head.
4: Oh, maybe they <laughs> fix it for the special. Do edition. what now? Oh,
0: know. when he jumps down to the. Yeah, yeah. You you see him land on him. There he is. Yeah, it's still oh, did there. Did you see
4: it? Yeah, maybe yeah. my screen's just too dark. Oh yeah, notes.
0: yeah. I did just see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
4: they
3: didn't fix it for the special edition. Nice. <laughs>
0: They're like Jimmy Mac won't notice. You got to leave some. You got to leave some blemishes say, in these please, things.
3: Please don't fix everything. Please.
0: Yeah. You yeah. Got, you got to yeah. leave some blemishes. in. I always love that little light to be walked through. I never understood oh, yeah. it, but I always dug it.
4: Because I like the sound cool. effect
0: the lights make when he turns it on. Uh-huh. At home. <laughs> And here is where we hear um, the, the, a uh, little bit of Duel of the Fates there. It starts out with dun, 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 and then it goes oh. into that. I never noticed that. Yeah. Mm. So.
2: When did you show that to me, Jim? uh, uh. uh. Steve, was As, it
0: at a marathon? Uh, maybe. I, 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 th- I think it was at a marathon. Yeah. It, it's something I noticed. For a forceology. Several, maybe. several years ago. Yeah.
2: Um, we used to replay this scene in the backyard. Oh, We'd throw boxes at yes. each other while we're fighting with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. Like cardboard boxes, you know, it wouldn't hurt, well, but it'd be fun.
0: There's a weird, when he goes out, like there's kind of a Mickey Mouse sound effect of whoop kind of kind of sound effect. It's very faint in the mix, but it's there. It's like a yip, And, and then it's, and then the, and then everything levels out with the wind and everything. So, and now Thank we're, goodness. now we're headed into round three
3: and they've taken, I didn't realize it again. I told you that my son G man has been going through all these different variations. Remember the 97 version, they added a screen yes. to Luke as he falls off the platform. Yeah. Uh, Turns out that screen was the Emperor's screen from Return of the Jedi. What? Yeah. Huh. I didn't believe it until he played me the isolated, but it is.
0: I don't know. I'm going to have to check that out.
3: Yeah, I'm telling you.
0: Hey, this I'm is Lando Calrissian. No, no, no. I'm taking this
4: into the uh, RFR sound lab. There you okay. go. Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but uh, thankfully they removed it. Very glad for that.
0: Yeah, I didn't like the scream at all. I wasn't a that fan. Was of that was ridiculous sounding. Yeah, it was. It was just seemed out of place.
3: God, I forgot all about him screaming on the way down. That there was
4: comes the there, there was like
3: One thing in each special edition that I couldn't stand. It was the Greedo shot, and then there was uh, no offense, Jimmy Jedi rocks. And uh, oh, I and don't. This, keep- <laughs>
4: so was i the prefer script. this ice noodle song myself actually
0: Jet- yeah <laughs> uh, jim th- that you use jedi rocks in the rfr because back when you were communicating yeah. with jimmy and or with jason and uh pete i remember you telling me this they basically gave you that and said i ah, throw something together using this as oh, right though on. you wouldn't have been able it to or some of such yeah
4: I was new on the scene, and they were testing me. (laughs) And they thought they gave me an impossible assignment. Little did they know, they gave me the best damn music to work with. (laughs) (laughs) They were testing me, though. That was my initiation for Star Wars podcast.
0: Jedi Rocks grew on me after a while. Like, it took a while. It took a couple of listen-throughs, but it grew on me. But I still am very much a—I prefer lopty-neck to Jedi Rocks. Yeah. yeah.
4: It, it, it has a more exotic sort of sound. It, it for fits sure. Star Wars yep. a little bit better, yeah. I think.
0: Yep. Agreed.
4: And, uh, you know, Jedi rocks with
0: that, Wah! you know, and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> yep.
2: It's a fun song. Don't put it's, it in Java's Palace. Do it yep. somewhere else. It's
0: fine. I'm not a fan of what they did on the Blu-rays with the Ewoks blinking. It it take, oh, It's ooh. very distracting to me when the Ewoks well, blink. I can,
2: the I can do the blinks, but I want
0: Yub Nub. Oh, yes. yeah, Yub Nub for sure. Yeah. For sure. yeah, With the rap in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, let that be let him be rapping while we're seeing all those other planets. <laughs> yeah, stuff it. Stuffity. Stuffity, here you go. <laughs> Find the Miko version <laughs> of Yup Nub. And I need when they start cutting the other planets, I need and you can even use the stuff from Rise of Skywalker at the end as well. I give you permission to use it all. Big mega celebration, supercut.
4: Now we're at the part of the saber duel where Vader has just completely lost. Oh yeah, he's these.
0: done. Yeah, he's done he's playing. Like this guy is not dead yet. I'm, yeah. Yeah. let's yeah. put an end to this garbage right now. He's done with him, and 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 yeah, like you, Luke, constantly backing down. That he's, you know, he does get one good shot in here, but it, you almost feel like it's dumb luck. You know, when he gets Vader on the shoulder. Um, yeah,
3: I think that's what really sets him off though at the end of the fight. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, you
3: know that's. What I think Vader thought Mark, he's going to get a
0: shot in. What I
4: love about Mark's performance is. is that you always yeah. feel that he's very afraid of Vader's saber. Whoa, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, if you guys want to talk about the hand getting cut cut off, I, we've done I that. Yeah. yeah, we've done that. Yeah, I figured we did that earlier. <laughs> it's just the way Mark plays this. He's he's very fearful of Vader's saber blade, especially when Vader's poking it in his face. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see that from any other character in a saber duel, where they actually show fear for the weapon that their uh, combatant partner is using, you know? You never see, especially in the sequels. In the sequels, they just put their head down and go straight forward. You know, they don't even ever hesitate.
2: But see, in the sequels, they ought to. The prequels, I can understand it because they're familiar with them. Right. Well, that's right, the thing. Sequels, I mean, you look. They you, should. They should have the same response as Luke. You think well, of what, almost. Well, you think of what Luke, Luke saw Obi wan get cut down.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. you, you think Sorry, about Luke. Steve. That's all right. You think of what Luke has seen and done. With the lightsaber, he he cut a he cut a Wampa's arm clean off, and mm-hmm. and he uh you know he saw like you said the big thing saw Obi Wan cut down. Of course he's scared of that thing, um. But that is that is a great point though, at the, as far as him being scared of the saber. And also yeah. you can see it in the way that he dips and dodges and runs away from it there just before he gets out onto the gantry, like mm-hmm. he's getting as far away from like he's getting to where he thinks Vader won't follow him. And it's, it you know and then of course loses his hand for it, but um. I think Hamill is the best actor that ever appeared in a Star Wars film. Oh, wow. Hot take by Jimmy Mack, ladies and
4: gentlemen. <laughs> Hamill really
2: sells bad. The Empire
4: Strikes Back. He sells everything. It's, 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 it's more than just being a great actor, well, and it's, Star Wars. it's having the, being a great actor and being able to apply your acting skills to the situations as they unfold in the film. And Mark does it all so naturally. Mark believes and, the story. Yes, and you don't see that mm-hmm. from many
0: other actors in the films. No, Mark. Well, and Mark also—I mean, you know, being a fan of genre and all the and sci-fi and all the other stuff—like he got it coming in from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But I also think now I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to to besmirch anybody or anything while we're talking Star Wars and our love of it. I think that Mark got a little bit into overacting when he gets to the sequel trilogy. Um I I I think that that he much like Billy D Williams has, you know, kind of just he embraced <laughs> his his he role. He really
2: did in The Force Awakens. I mean, he Well, not in The oh, Force yeah. Awakens, but The <laughs> oh, Force <First> oh.
4: Awakens.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, when
4: he turned around, I was Yeah. Like, overacting. Yeah, but uh, no, I
3: thought I thought stayed open so long.
0: Look, I thought that moment in the Force Awakens was brilliant and absolutely lovely, and and a great moment in Star Wars. Yes, um, you know, but I, I just I do feel like he was a little. I feel like he got a little into Bill Bixby type acting in in the in the Last Jedi. Bill Bixby, watch those old Hulk episodes, man. He's he's a little bit of an overactor himself. Um, but uh, but in these in these original trilogy, I think he 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 threaded the needle perfectly, you know, between the melodrama that these things are supposed to be, you know, the space soap opera idea and everything, the genre and, and selling everything as perfectly as he needed to sell it. I, I thought it was great.
4: It could be a result of him spending so much time voice
3: acting. I think over so. The last I, 20 years. I think because that's exactly you, what it is. It's very exaggerated. Yeah.
4: Yes. When you voice act, when you do anything on microphone, yep, you, You listen, you you do whatever you do, and then you play it back, and you're like, oh, that sounds a little flat. So you try doing it again, and you amp it up a notch. And you might feel silly delivering your lines or whatever you're doing, but then when it plays back, you're like, ah, that's what I needed to do. You over exaggerate your acting sometimes when you're just doing it on a microphone. And I think Mark might've taken that to heart a little bit. Yeah, I I I agree. I think I did get a lot of contemporary Mark Hamill Mm -hmm. in his portrayal of Luke Skywalker. Ancient
0: Jedi text.
4: Um. Yeah. What are you doing here? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so Mark sometimes. That you know, I mean, when you haven't played a character since 1983, I sure. guess sometimes it takes yeah. a little a, a change. Little, I,
0: yeah. A change I did not like in Empire yeah. Yeah. for the special editions was I enjoyed when Vader says, "Bring my ship," like he's done. Oh, oh no, bring and he my says, shuttle. He says, yes. "Yeah, bring my shuttle." And then in the special editions, they change it to this sing songy, alert, "Alert my star alert destroyer, alert my
3: star destroyer, to prepare for my, for my arrival." arrival. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, it is because because Luke.
3: Was not supposed to slip away, right? right? He is ticked. Yeah. Yes. I love the and he's walking on that hall, and he just says, "Bring my shuttle." Yeah. He is mad.
0: Yeah. It's it's a much better choice, but I do love the shot of and it, and it was in the original version as well. But I love the shot of of the Millennium Falcon looping back behind that cloud yeah. that's yeah, there. Yeah. That's just a beautiful, beautiful shot of the Falcon.
2: Oh, oh, the shots of the Falcon coming into Bespin is great.
3: But, but think about, too, the whole Vader bring my shuttle and how angry he is at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only has Luke slipped through his fingers, but he's made the pitch to rebel against the Emperor. Yes. Yeah. He's put here it he out is, there. Yeah, he, Oh, he's, yeah. He's in trouble now.
4: Here he is arriving at the Death Star 2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What he <laughs> said Ger-geron. to alert yeah. the Star Destroyer, not the Death Star
2: right.
3: 2. <laughs> what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. I don't. I, I wish mean, they there's had,
3: no way you can miss what that is.
0: Yep. I, no, I could have done I, it, and I, it I,
3: I kind of get it because as a kid, I didn't understand how he was suddenly on the Star Destroyer, but there, there had to have been a better way to do it. Sure.
4: Well, I think there there I, just, I had
3: no problem
4: with that continuity no, at I, all. I I didn't either. He he says, I, I never bring my an shuttle issue. and then you see him on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Yeah, I never had oh, yeah. an issue with it. He took a shuttle. I mean, it's not that big of a <laughs> well, what I'm, I'll show
0: it. it. No, no, he beamed the board. He must have beamed aboard. Scotty <laughs> beamed aboard. That's how we got. It. Um, I do like I, I do like the shot of the Imperial Shuttle coming off of Bespin, but I don't need the landing on the Death Star 2 at all. No. That that was always I didn't like that in the in the special edition. No. But again, even this weird, even then this intense moment, this intense stuff, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I mean yes. like completely doing what Han did earlier, and it, it's just Again, you come back to the humor, and it, it's in, yes. in the moments of tension, it's there. It's used so perfectly in these movies. And it's movies. not even
4: really humor. It's just great character moments. Right, you know, right. They're, they're being consistent. Yes. And we know who they it's, are. So when they a, do stuff like that, we can laugh yeah. at it a
3: little bit. We're the, it's the inside world. joke. Yeah. It's a floor wax and a dessert topic. It's, <laughs> I'm a clunky. <laughs> it's, it's a character moment, and it's funny.
0: Uh, indeed. Indeed. Oh, man. I I love this card. I used to have this card with R2 and 3PO sitting there while R2's fixing him. Love that card that was always a neat one to me. That was uh, And this
3: this part here should have been the 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 cell that says, "Yeah, he's not lying to him," but as a kid, I don't this blows past. Now me.
0: see, and again, this yes. is this yes. is where this is where you guys got to have these discussions for 3 years. I yes. just I just kind of went through and muddled through thinking, "Yeah, he's his father." You know, like it, it was—it oh, wow. was just one of those things. I just kind of, as a, as we led into Return of the Jedi, it wasn't a shock to me that he, that Vader, was indeed Luke's father. I thought that was just a gimme because, you know, it it had to be true. I tried so hard with my boys as a father to to
4: hide that from them. I wanted mm-hmm. that from people because it was spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. I read the novel. I wanted my kids to experience it and be like, what? And uh, when I finally got to the point where uh, my son Dylan, he was, gosh, maybe five, when all of a sudden I noticed he was watching Star Wars on his own. He was just lying there on the floor in front of the TV watching Star Wars. I'm like, well, what's this all about? And so I found it just really interesting that he was – Taking it upon himself to watch the original trilogy, and when he was done, I did a debriefing with him. And one of, my <laughs> questions, one of my questions was, "Did you know that Darth Vader was Luke's father?" And he said, "I did." I said, "How did you know?" Robot Chicken.
3: Damn you! Oh.
4: Damn you, Cartoon oh. Network! <laughs> and damn oh. me for not keeping a better eye on my kids. I that's <laughs> right. Still- the five-year-old watch robot <laughs> chicken with all of their uh window and uh. yes
0: all right keep your eyes on keep your eyes on the guy with the ipad in his hand or the data yeah. pad in his hand as vader walks by him um every of course everyone's down there at this guy right here in black yeah, yeah. Yep. watch him he's turn like, around vader. and
4: look back <laughs> he looks back he's like vader farted that's
0: right he's like oh my gosh i'm alive i can't believe i'm alive um no, the, the Luke is your father moment, I really thought it was just in the zeitgeist and that everyone knew. And not long after the special editions had come to theaters, I had a friend I worked with that she'd never seen Star Wars before. And I'm like, well, yeah, we'll watch it. You know, that's fine. And so at this time, it was only the trilogy, you know, the original trilogy. And so oh, yeah, I got my copy on videotape and we sat down and we watched the first one. And then, you know, the next time we were able to get together, we watched Empire and we got to I'm your father. She looked at me and said, he's lying. He's completely lying, right? And I'm like, You've never heard that before? No. What is, what is this? This is ridiculous. There's no way. And it was a joy to actually get that reaction it. yeah, from oh, someone. I,
3: I'll tell you, and that's a thing I don't do. Like I, like when I'm on the radio and I'm on the air, I don't ever discuss like things like the origin of certain holiday characters. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't ever discuss this publicly in a place where kids have never seen this before. And there are some could ever get wind of this. I don't get, I don't buy the t-shirts that say things like that on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I just, I, I, I so want that not talked about until it happens in the movies. I, I stay away from any reference to it.
4: Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Nobody talks about the fact that Leia is wearing her new hope princess. Mm-hmm. Here well, at the true. end. Yeah. And, 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 and Luke, he's wearing a shirt. That's very similar to the shorty robe kind of look. It's, it's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, he's wearing
3: a robe over it and everything, but look. Back to basics. Yeah. We've uh, gotten it, back. It yeah.
4: really looks like they're wearing the sim- same wardrobe that they were wearing in A New Hope.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a reset.
4: Yeah. yeah. get ready to go back to Tatooine, Luke. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Wow, you guys! We made it through the whole movie. I'm blown away. I, you know, it was just a spur of the moment thing. I got the, 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 the email alert that uh, Steve Glosson and and uh, the Golaverse was live celebrating the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. I'm sitting here in my office going. I need to be a part of this. And so <laughs> Steve, Scott, Shaz, you guys are, are the best. I, I'm so happy we we're able oh. to do this, and I really appreciate you let me crash the party of at course. the last minute like this. But uh, wow, what a great time that was! And yeah, uh, really, uh, Steve, are you you're going to release this as a podcast? Then? Yeah,
0: yeah. This is yeah. This is going no, out on the on the Geek and Loud 20, 20, feed. 24. We're just hanging. I have some. I have some editing. Stream. I have I assume. <laughs> I yeah. have some editing I have to do early on in the show. But other than that, uh,
4: well, that was before I got here, so it's not yeah. my fault. But yeah, I man. just want to thank you guys for letting me crash. Yeah, I'm going to have to bail right now. Yes, sir. Now. I thank know you, you
0: so much, Jimmy Mack. Yeah, good to yes. see you, Jim.
4: Yeah, you guys. Are, Scott. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while, Rifen. So it's, it's great. Yeah. To Reconnect with you and Shaz. of course, you're always taunting me for my Zaxxon game. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, it's, a, it's I, I'm a very weak Zaxxon player because I, I spend most of my free time in the normal world when we're not. <laughs> out. Well, I'm hoping to get up and play uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, well, send me your high scores and uh, we'll see what I can do about that, uh, which probably won't be much. Uh, but uh, you guys are really great and I, I appreciate you letting me jump in on this conversation. So uh, thanks. Uh, happy 40th birthday to The Empire Strikes Back. I can't believe it's been 40 years. Billy Mack and I stood outside of the Golf Mill Movie Theater in Niles, Illinois, waiting on opening night At this time, 40 years ago was the first time I ever stood in line for a movie. We wow. got there about four hours early before the evening show, and uh, we had we were up toward the front of the line. And I just remember walking around the theater all the way to the back through the parking lot as the line grew and grew and grew, wow. and the anticipation was sick. It was uh, we were there with uh, Eric Anderson and his brother Lars, uh, <laughs> those guys, and uh, they didn't spoil anything for me. Not like that Brian Schaefer. But Schaefer. Uh, damn you, Schaefer or Matt Dwyer, who spoiled the Leia killed Jabba thing. I, I still remember that. It still stings. It still stings after mm. all these years. But uh, any time to go back and revisit a classic like Empire Strikes Back with a crew like you guys. Come on. I I had to jump on this opportunity. So thank you very much for letting me crash. Of course. And uh, I look forward to the podcast uh, going live, and uh, we'll have to have you guys back at my house sometime. We'll come on uh, Rebel Force Radio, and we'll uh, continue this conversation. Anytime. Okay?
1: Anytime. Sounds thanks great. so much, Absolutely. Jim. Good to talk to you, man. thanks right, guys.
0: we we'll you, you We'll always. see you soon. Jimmy McInerney from Rebel Force Radio. Guys, that was a complete surprise. He texted me as we were getting going. He's like, "I want in," <laughs> and so I'm like, "Okay, here's oh, a." Co- I'm glad did. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The, welcome to Geek Out Loud, where Steve just listens to Shaz and Jimmy and and Scott talk about Star Wars. I mean, this was me just listening to you guys mostly. <laughs> it was a blast. I, I absolutely loved it. A couple of things I didn't get to throw in were when we were talking about the toys, the Dagobah playset. Always oh, yeah, Yes. Always one of my favorites. It's it, you know as a as an adult who's been through many play sets in his life, the the Dagobah play set was so cool. You had the quicksand area which of course everyone's foam has deteriorated yep. and everything and I need it's nope. get mine still intact. Oh wow. Well, what? I I bet if you yep. touch it. I bet if you touch it it turns to dust. I ain't touching it. You're right. Um but you also had you were able to levitate boxes and R2 yep. Um, yep. we, and Luke. Yeah, and Luke. There was a whole thing where you could make little Luke harness. do a headstand. Yeah. yeah, you had the you had little pegs that, with sliders on them. You could make them fight and that sort of thing in the cave and Yoda's hut. But what was really cool about it was the detail around the base. As you look at the base, there's like lizards Leaves, and rats and creatures. bones and yeah. creatures, all kinds of different things. It's really such a cool playset to come out of yeah. out of out of Star Wars, um, out of out of the Kenner line. Man, um, maybe
2: the Empire Strikes Back had the best play sets.
0: Yeah, I'm well, thinking. Uh, you know, there's Ewok Village. Ewok. Mm, well, Ewok no. Village now a wait a minute, Shaz. I, I will. This is not a safe place to besmirch the Ewok Village.
2: No, it's good. <laughs> but I mean, you look at the number of of them. The, 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 the Imperial Death attack Star. base is Death great. Star Death Star's fantastic. I mean, it's but it's yeah. it's the one big. Great one,
3: yeah. But you like, have some I don't know. You're, you're right. Back too. You you're have right. some fun. The Star Destroyer playset is not a great playset. I disagree. I, don't I disagree.
0: Have it. I disagree. I love that as a child. I know that it's, there's not much to it, Um, but I, I loved the I loved Vader's little chamber. I was glad I, to have the
3: meditation chamber. I, I love to the amount.
0: The to it. I love the amount there's of it. figures you could put down in the control areas and everything. Um, it, it was, it was literally, it was one of my favorite deals, um, was the star destroyer playset Um, and, and the way you could hold it as a kid, you could actually hold it and use it as a ship to chase other ships. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It had legs on the bottom that were kind of shaped like handles. Actually, one of the things that sticks out of the torture device that solo gets put into to me, looks like one of the handles from that ship.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, and, right. oh, I thought you were saying that there was a torture device in the Star Destroyer.
0: No, but there, yeah, are, there, there, there are. There, pegs there are pegs on the ceiling. Pegs. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You, you hang them. You can hang people from the ceiling. Um, my original. My original. Oh, what a feeling. My original Star Destroyer. <laughs> when you're hanging from the ceiling. My original Star Destroyer playset did not have a door on the side that opened that you could push people out of. Um, in fact it was all molded together the, the the bump was still there to release but there was nothing to release like there was no on, on one side of the little wells where people would sit down and do the control stuff there was a door that would flop open and, yeah, the, and the idea was, an and the idea hatch, was yeah. kicking people out but mine was a solid wall across and um and I always knew it was supposed to open and stuff but i I could never like I'm like why is this this way and so I've never heard of anyone else having an error like that but of there was course
3: a kid who escape hatched himself and died from that and then I had to stop making escape well, hatch.
0: Well, of course, you know, I broke it. Um but uh but I've since <laughs> trying to push re- it open. Yeah, but I've since replaced, you know, my my star destroyer broken stuff and everything, which is fine. But um
3: you know, can I throw in really quickly my the, I have a theory about Empire Strikes Back? Sure. I think there are a lot of people, you know, you brought us on because we were of age to have seen it at the theater. I think there are a lot of people who grew up with it and saw uh, Flash Gordon and Empire Strikes Back around the same time who confused the two movies in a lot of ways. How so? Um, I have had people reminisce with me about the guys with the glasses on Cloud City. Um, <laughs> what? But but in, in Flash Gordon, you know, Lobot's got the, the cybernetic yeah. thing around his head, and in Flash Gordon they've got bald guys with cybernetic implants on their eyes. Mm-hmm. Glasses. Mm-hmm. And somebody rips one of them off and they all go down and they're controlling this they're controlling you know mongo or whatever the city is Mm -hmm. uh there's a jungle planet and at one point he's running through the jungle and a creature comes out and envelops him and i've had people reminisce with me about luke that happening to luke on dagobah and it never did um you you know you've got that how old were they are they a little younger uh i think they're probably contemporaries maybe a year or two younger what are you uh, 71 yeah yes i'm i'm 71 years old (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Nineteen seventy. 1970. Oh 1970. well
0: yeah. I, that was that was kind of the 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 rule of the day back in the the late seventies into the eighties, wasn't it? Like because we didn't I mean we didn't do repeat viewings over and over and over no. again, you know? And, no. and and so you would have things that you would remember that would get kind of stuck in your mind, like the big scene yeah. that was never released on in theaters, but it's in the sure. storybook, you yep. know, that was released. Yep. Um, you know, you you have these kind of things that kind of get locked in your mind in a certain way. Nanu that, nanu. That nev- nanu nanu. <laughs> you know, things that never really happened on screen, but you kind of remember them, or you conflate them with something else. And yeah. um, and 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 it was just a, that's a product of the time, you know. Now Han and Chewie had on welding glasses. They they put the little glasses over their face to do some some spot welds on the Falcon. Mm, so sure, maybe they got it confused yeah. there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so uh but yeah guys I, you know I don't know Shaz I do think that that as far as vehicles go that um and mm, yeah and play I mean as the whole thing is I do think that, that empire was the sweet spot but I also think it's because of the timing of where that movie sits it sits right in the middle of the other mm. two and with everything coming out so late for Star Wars you know Kenner mm. finally had their game together by empire and yeah. then once Jedi is over, you know the fall off, you know comes. Yeah, but that's a good point. but there's also a, a
2: whole. thing. It did last an extra year. You're right.
0: When you when you look at the Jedi stuff, and you look at the figures that came out for Return of the Jedi.
2: Oh, the detail uh, and yeah. quality is amazing.
0: Right. But you when you look at their accessories, about yeah. two thirds or more of Jedi centric figures that were released have sticks. They come with sticks. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. you have, you have, you, like or, Klaatu and Klaatu. They, they have Meekway. like some type of axe or stick or something, you know, more spike. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, 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 the Ewoks, Bib Fortuna had his staff. The Emperor has a cane. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing. And I'm not, Maidine, making Akbar. Right. But, it, but at the same time, there's a lot
3: of interesting accessories because Lando, you've got the Lando with the helmet. Yes. Love and it. And you've yes. got the Leia with the Yes. Helmet, yes. And a love stick. it. Mm-hmm.
0: love it and a stick yeah, and a big stick a pointed um, stick yeah i but but i do think i love the ewok village playset, um yes. because of the different you know you had three different trees one was like an escape tree you know where they could have a secret right. thing like at the bottom yep. one was just kind of they could hang out in there but it had the boulder hanging off of the branch and the other was the elevator tree and you had that cool net under the bottom i yep. love that could net you, i love the play you, value but, you know the
2: worst thing about it is, was you couldn't just pull it and it would come up like that. Right. That's what I wanted. Now I, I never had, I never, had a, I never had a problem. Like oh,
0: you mean like it wasn't on they a spring system? To. Yeah. Well, it didn't really work that way. Yeah. Oh, my my net always worked perfectly. Really? Yeah. I was then very. I just ma- wasn't setting it up right. by the time by the time I got to my Return of the Jedi toys, I was very meticulous about how I played with them and and oh, I, and I would I would obsess over these things doing what they were supposed to do.
2: Now I'd put them in the net and I'd ho- I'd hoist it get it hoisted up and tie it off, you know, but right. I couldn't just make it real quick jerk them up. Oh
0: no, I mean you have to be careful with that, it, but No, yeah. that's what I meant. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so but yeah, I, th- those th- I, I just got a text too from Jimmy Mac. As I started talking about the Dagobah playset, he says, "Dagobah playset, you wait till I'm off the show to talk about the good stuff." <laughs> 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 well, like listen. I couldn't get a word in edgewise with Rifen and Mac and Shazbazar here. I, <laughs> <laughs> we were from one thing to another, and I'm just sitting there with my head spinning. Like I'm loving every minute of this, but. I've got to go back and edit out like thirty seconds of Scott Rifen in the beginning of the show. <laughs> I think you should leave it, frankly, but that's just me. <laughs> I tried to talk about the the Slave One a little bit, playing with it, but I also like it, it. The the door situation on the Slave One was always confounding to me because you could pull the whole side off, but yeah, then you had exactly. to you had to let the ramp down and. Um, but uh, I never lost. I was one of those rare kids. I never lost my hand in carbonite. No, but you thing. have Lost
3: to, to not only carbon. did it it's huge. No, not only did it freeze him, but it shrank
0: him a little. Yes. Yeah,
2: he, he's too short to fit in there. Well, house. you have to wait for the power of the force version.
0: It's cold. Yeah. It's cold in there, Scott. <laughs>
3: Everything shrinks in the cold. What yeah, are you talking come
0: about? Come on, it's cold. Yes. <laughs> of course he's
3: going to have shrinkage. That's of right course. exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, guys, um thanks so much. I didn't do enough readings from a um from a, from cards either but
3: <laughs> that's a whole other episode that's that's probably for the best
0: yeah oh no man these things were great you're talking about boba special delivery where they've got the the hand and carbonite and they're walking along he, with boba, boba Fett.
2: special delivery is it from tashi station
0: no it's it, it's from Scoundrews. it's from scoundrews lunky features <laughs> now featuring jumbo wings and tenders um no, it, it but oh gosh, I love these FX seven. Like you never really see, get to see FX seven good as a kid on your VHS version of the of the thing. But there he is in his full glory on this card with the rejuvenation chamber, and um, and so yeah, you're like, oh, there's a reason I have that figure in my in my collection. Yeah, yeah. And then on Buck Rogers, what was the in the second season of Buck of- Rogers? <laughs> What was that? A lot of
3: play hours with that FX seven action figure.
0: Well, you maybe not for it you, just, pal. He could just do so much. He had like all those arms, dude. He had all those arms. <laughs> I turned him into it just a... he couldn't even keep snapped in. No, I'd like to put him out and I I had him take him out and bendy him this way and that way. And... <laughs> he was a he was a spinning killing machine for me, pal. When FX oh, seven supposed to save lives, when I, I I didn't care as a kid. When the Empire showed up, man, those stormtroopers show up. You got he goes nuts. He was saving lives. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what was uh, what was that robot in the second season of Buck Rogers that always made me think of FX seven? Um, in the second season, oh, second season of Buck Rogers. Yeah, um, when they're flying around. Then they're not. I don't on remember the name
3: of it. No, I don't either. Yeah, I don't go past Tweaky and Doctor Theopolis. That's mm. kind of the end of it for me. Dude,
0: Dr. when
2: when they take the love boat through the stars, beauty, beauty, That was
0: the death of Buck Rogers. I disagree. <laughs> what? I disagree. You liked that? I I just as a kid, man, I I really when when I'd see Buck Rogers on um, in in syndication or whatever, like playing reruns or what have you, I I loved every bit of it. I just. Yes, but it was the death of Buck Rogers. I know, it I know now. The show I know that now. But as it a kid, it didn't. He had that cool friend Hawk and everything. You know, Hawk he did a hawk shaped ship. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, Rife, and I know you've got to get up early in the morning, my friend. I thank you so much for 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 joining us to to talk about this. Any other any other final words about the Empire Strikes Back?
3: No, other than I just I want to say thanks for this. It's been I thought this was going to be fun, and it like went way over the top, beyond what I thought it oh, was going yeah, to be. So yeah, uh, I just I appreciate your thinking of me because you know sometimes I'll tune in to Geek Out Loud, and you're talking about Star Wars, and I'm thinking I'm sitting there going, he didn't
0: contact me. <laughs> 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 so. It must mean there's an invasion. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, to be fair, if I'm firing up Geek Out Loud, Star Wars is probably going to get mentioned at some point. <laughs> you know, I can't just call you every time I mention Star Wars.
3: I just want to be there every time. That's all.
0: Shaz, <laughs> any any final words about the, the Empire about Strikes Back? That's about the
2: way Back? I felt about the Empire Strikes Back. I just want to be there every time. Mm. You know, man, that such great me memories. Either. Those three years were Mm. so special back then (laughs) because all you did was talk Star Wars. And, and, you know, you go into a movie, you're going to see it one time as a kid. Mm -hmm. And you come Mm. out with so many lines you have memorized. And every kid did. Every kid remembered the movie.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Scott, you brought up the uh, the, the play, the play. the play and read books that, you know, were, were out the book, and records, the yeah. book and records. Yeah. I had those bad boys that I would put on and, and, and look at and read along with and all that good stuff. And, and yeah, it's how you kept up with the movie so much so that I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe in the return of the Jedi play and read book. Um, mm-hmm. when, when Yoda says your father, he is, he follows it up with a, but face him, you must and but face him you must right loop. and and, yeah. and i th- and and so my entire life i always thought that was supposed to be in in the in the return of the jedi you know for the longest time so then when we're watching return of the jedi he doesn't say and i'm like well that's weird i thought <laughs> you know so
3: no those those have a big impact is like you said that that's what it was that and the give a show projector give those a show projector getting, yes yes yeah. And yeah. reading the comics adaptation—that's really kind of how you how you got through the time between the movies—and you relived them. The other thing, though, that I mean, you know, obviously these movies were frequently re-released. But my my mom actually capped me on Empire Strikes Back. What? Um, well, they you know they would they'd put it back out. And it would come back around and come oh, back Oh yeah around. yeah yeah yeah. And yeah. every every Saturday, my mom made sure I got to go to the movies because it was a thing she didn't get to do as a kid. So it's one reason why like, I like have such a rich history of of knowledge of having gone see all these films is because my mom dropped me off every single Saturday. Wow. And uh, a lot of Saturdays were like 99 cents day and Empire Strikes Back would be there. And I said, mom, I'm going to see Empire Strikes Back. No, you're not going to see that again.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. No.
3: How many? And she'd say, how many times have you seen it? Well, five. No, you're going to see something else. And I knew that I, if I knew I could sneak in and see it anyway, But I also knew that if she found out, there was heck to pay. (laughs) So I never did sneak in, and you know, I never violated that rule. But it always drove me crazy to get up, you know, and you're going to the bathroom, and some kid walks out of the theater, and the door
0: pops open, and you're like, asteroid chase, asteroid (laughs) chase. Well, it is, it is, uh, it, it, man, all the stories like that, and all the things like it, it really is it's so funny to think about how much these movies and the experiences we had with them, different though they may be. And Scott, you know, everyone has a star Wars story. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, um, I've heard that. That's why I kept, I kept poking at Jimmy because like
3: he was telling a lot of the stories that, we, that he told on my star Wars story when he did it. And I was like, I know where this is going to go.
2: Yeah. I know where this right. Is gonna oh, yeah. 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 Cause you've pulled everything out of everybody.
0: And so, <laughs> so, but but they really do they and there's so much that defines our experience with these films throughout. I mean, it it was yeah. just last year that Shaz found out that um, that Yoda actually says "powerful How Jedi" was he. was he? How fortunate was he? How
2: fortunate?
0: Powerful Jedi How was fortunate. He. Yeah, that's yes. what <laughs> I thought he was. I
2: thought he was hacking on Luke's dad. <laughs> How fortunate was he?
0: How fortunate. so? But you know, it it's just How what Jedi. who
2: makes this stuff up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what a what a what a what a great movie and in a, a great really sequel defining film I mean like for the longest time every sequel even to this day every sequel of any film is is put up against the the empire strikes back test you know <laughs> is this the empire strikes back of this franchise it 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 really it holds a very special place in so many people's hearts and 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 in their in their view of the trilogy i want to say th- sorry to cam who saw this and uh and just now and has missed out on the <laughs> whole conversation <laughs> uh, 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 there've been so many people listening in all night long and so i appreciate you guys being a part of it and and tuning in and and listening to what's happening don't forget to use the amazon links to support us if you want to support us directly through patreon you can do that but uh Scott, thank you so much. Anything you want to plug before we go? yeah uh well you,
3: you know i i uh last week, I accidentally set the world on fire um yeah by, by releasing a video yeah and um but right before that, I recorded a new My Star Wars story, but I kind of <laughs> not had time to work on it. <laughs> because GBI has been
0: knocking it. It's at not funny. Out. It's not funny. Someone is dead. Um, yeah. Wow. I
3: kind of blew up the world. Wow. So, um,
0: by the uh, way, I, Scott, by the way, and I'm going to say this on air and yeah. my wife was, she is, she's kind of been reading up on this and everything. And I've actually been reaching out to other media outlets saying, you need to reach out to Scott Rife and he's boots oh boy. on the ground. And because I've listened to people that are like a day behind on their information compared to you. And I'm yeah. like, you need to, you need to get to this guy. <laughs> And um, I, I wrote Rick and Bubba and said, hey, get Scott Riefen in on your last hour to talk about this if you want to have an intelligent conversation. Oh, boy. Um, but, uh, but when she was reading something and she said, well, this says Scott leaked the video. I said, Scott can't leak a video. Scott <laughs> is press. The video was leaked to Scott. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs>
3: i released the video
0: right scott did the uh, work it Scott yeah. scott struggled with the concept and he he struggled with the idea and he came to the conclusion it was best after speaking with many people and scott put out there like a good reporter a good journalist here are here is what we have and yeah. uh and and so so you've been busy with that how are things in that neck of the woods by the way uh
3: Another arrest tonight uh the guy that that made the video got mm-hmm. arrested tonight, so uh, we'll see what happens from there um, it's been you interesting. Know the you know, charge yeah, felony murder so well, that's
2: what Steve was saying earlier
3: yeah, so we'll see we'll see where it goes from here i you know it's it, every day it's just kind of different unique, and unusual the good the good thing that is coming out of all of this is there are many flaws in our system here that many of us have known about and tried to speak about. And now there's a lot of daylight being shown on a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's while it's, it's kind of a temporary, really horrible situation for us to be in, uh, at the end of the day, I think we're going to come out better for it. Yeah. Well,
2: I like the way that your community is handling it from what I'm hearing. Uh, by the way, it's really nice to listen to a talk radio show Away from your own environment, because <laughs> you don't get mad about things. But, uh, you know, people will say something about this. I was like, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, it must be a horribly racist place there. I said, actually,
3: everybody's mm. uniting together over there right now. Yeah, and, and that's, that's part of the frustration, is to see some of the, the portrayals uh, in the in the press. And, and look, I can't complain. First off, you know, I posted the, the video last Tuesday, and within two hours, CNN had my cell phone number. mm Wow. Two hours. Wow. Uh, about two hours later, Daily Beast had my cell phone
1: number.
3: Mm. Uh, shortly after that, ABC was at my door. So um, you know, and I and I have turned down all of these interviews. That, you know, because they've all done interview requests. I've turned all of them down because I don't I don't want to be the story here.
0: No, but you need to go on yeah, Rick and right. Bubba. <laughs>
3: You just want it in with Rick and Bubba. I know. But, uh, I I admit, got the end. I
0: admit but, that openly and freely.
2: They listen but, uh, to the big honking show and get their ideas on
3: what to do. <laughs> there you go. But no, no, as far as it all goes, I, I it's gonna get worse before it gets better, but I really think that this is a thing that's gonna lead to a lot of good things happening here. Is and it and I think we're gonna be better people for it.
0: Let me let me just get down to the to the real heart of the matter. Is it mm. safe for my wife and I to come down next Wednesday? Absolutely. All right. Well, We'll be there Wednesday through Saturday. I love it. In your neck of the woods. Shaz, uh, Techno Retro Dads, you've got your big 40th anniversary celebration out right now for Empire, right?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of singing going on. No, there's a lot of screeching going on.
0: A lot of screeching going on. (laughs)
2: If you listened to the 40th anniversary American Top 40, Top 10, redone Star Wars style three years ago, that was pretty good stuff. This time we came up with the idea right before. (laughs) (laughs) And it was fast. Let me tell you, the greatest stuff about this episode, I have to say, are the outtakes?
0: Are which you going gonna... to eventually show up? Okay, I was going to ask if you're going to release <laughs> the outtakes or not.
2: Um, so. No, we're going to have to do that one together sometime. Okay,
0: that's fun. <laughs> That'll be good stuff.
2: Good stuff. My singing was horrendous. sounded like a electrocuted moth. Yes, nah.
0: <laughs> Check it out at technoretrodads. dot or on wherever you get podcasts from. Find Scott's podcast at iHeartRadio, um, and uh, my Star Wars story is on iTunes and wherever you wherever you download pi- podcasts. Find my Star Wars story. <laughs> Um, guys, thanks so much, you two. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Uh, and I have just I've actually enjoyed what's wrong. Wait, I was playing the wrong outro there. That's not my walkout music. Good night. We'll go out, we'll go out on this little ditty. Um the the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. You can go to geekoutonline.com slash group and join our Facebook group. And chime in on all the fun stuff that goes on over there. We'd love to hear from you there. And, um, and that's kind of the most of my social media doings is right there on that group. So uh, if you want to follow Geek Out Loud, it's at Geek Out Loud on Twitter. And, um, and you'll know when podcasts go up is basically all that is used for uh, is, is to say, hey, the podcast is here now. Um, again, the Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Amazon links are available at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank everyone for being here. We appreciate you all. Until next time, I'm Steve Gloss, and we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.